0: Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games for the Nintendo fans at negativeworld.org. This is episode 99, and we're recording this on Saturday, January 21st, 2017. I'm your host, Stephen, or as known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. My usual co host, Joe, is uh, having a bit of an issue with some other things right now, so he is going to hopefully join us later on. But nonetheless, we have some great guests, and uh, I'd like to introduce them. First up, we have JK, known as, on the boards as JK Riki. Welcome.
1: Thanks. How's it going? It's
0: going all right. How about you?
1: Uh, you know, I'm here. It's it's morning, but other than that, we're in good shape. Yeah. Well, thanks for
0: joining me this early. This is not a typical podcast time for us. But uh, next up, we also have Jamie, who's known on the boards as Poke Squadron. How's hey it going?
2: Hey. Thanks for having me.
0: Although you're you're evolving into Turnabout Stepladder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as every day goes on, that's
2: I have like three or four different names now. So. Uh, Jamie works fine. yeah Jamie.
0: (laughs) fair enough so guys um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the last episode which was only up for about five minutes you know ago but uh, pretty much what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Switch some more just like in episode 98 and we're going to break it into a few segments the first is going to be talking about the Switch in terms of the console the presentation controllers all the good stuff we'll take a quick break we'll jump into the second segment which is going to be about games primarily more of the i don't want to say less important or smaller games because things like Xenoblade are not small but uh you know not the the kind of heavy hitters like Mario and Zelda so we'll save that for the third segment and uh we'll have some fun so uh welcome again and uh, I think let's jump in but as I did last episode I'd like to ask you guys a quick baseline question and uh That question would be, are you picking up the system on day one? And if so, is it the gray or the neon?
1: I am going to take my chances launch day because I didn't pre-order. I pre-ordered the Wii U, and it just kind of sucked some of the fun out of it for not having to camp out and wait for the console on day one. So I talked to a local mom-and-pop shop near me that I really like to support, and uh, they are going to let me know a week in advance how many copies they'll get in. And then we'll go from there. Um, if I get a choice, I definitely want to go with a whimsical color version, uh, because it's just, uh, it's classic Nintendo that just do weird things and I enjoy that. So in the event that I can't get that, I will go with the plain gray version, but we'll see. And I'm really hopeful that we get some wacky Joy-Con colors, you know, in the future. Maybe some green and classic GameCube orange.
0: Use used some clear plastics, right? Ah,
1: there you go. I mean, sky's <laughs> the limit, so we'll see what they do. We should just take the old
0: N64 like crazy clear plastic colors and just remake those as shortcomings.
1: Might as well. Yeah. It was the purple clear. Oh, it was... yeah, yeah. What an uh, console that was.
0: Uh, Jamie, what about yourself, man?
2: Uh, I was not going to get it at, at first because uh, just for money concerns and then. Uh... Actually wound up getting a decent tip at work <laughs> recently and I was like, you know what, screw it. And, uh, so I go, I go, uh, online and like everywhere has already closed pre-orders. And then, uh, thankfully that day, uh, GameStop.com reopened up pre-orders. So, uh, I wound up pre-ordering a, a gray console off of there. And, uh, so I got the game, the system there and I got, uh, pre-ordered Zelda at Best Buy because I had a uh, gift certificate so I will be showing up at a midnight launch just to get a game and nothing else and <laughs> be envious of everyone else who's walking out of there and hopefully hopefully, get the system the next day I'm not exactly sure how GameStop works with their uh, shipping of consoles and all that but uh, I'm just uh, glad I got my pre-order in so, uh, and I got well, the Well,
0: you know, good.
2: Uh, I got the gray one, uh, very not creative, but, um, goes with my, my setups mostly kind of black and white, so, uh, and I think, uh, if they wind up doing skins or anything like that, uh, I'd rather probably customize it that way. I'm hoping for, uh, some Super Nintendo, like, three different types of gray on the same console so that over time, they'll just start changing colors. (laughs) Uh, best part so about kind
1: of, that system like ye- yellow yellow
2: yeah. gray and then like a gray gray it's like uh really high quality stuff
0: so you just age your console as it goes right it's
2: it's actually called vintage i like to call it so uh yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's in it's very uh pinterest right now mm.
1: also if you get a chance you should put stickers all over it <laughs> so that you make sure that you can never trade it in ever again but
0: don't put them, like, nicely on a flat right. surface, but kind of bend over an edge, maybe, or a Absolutely. corner. yeah. <laughs> um, tear a little bit of the side. Yeah,
2: you got to tear some of it off so that it's just perpetually sticky, like, for the rest of time. And, uh... Absolutely.
0: And then make sure you put a little crayon on the, on the sticker for some, you know, good measure. There you go. Just like a, a scribble, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, hey, so uh, I, I already mentioned this in the last show, but uh, just so you guys know, I'm definitely picking up the system day one. I had pre-ordered the system from Walmart uh, right after the show had aired, uh, the presentation. And I heard some reports of people getting theirs canceled from Walmart. And I don't really care to leave it to Walmart to succeed in my gaming needs. So once Best Buy's pre-orders went uh, up on Thursday night, I just jumped on that and canceled my Walmart. And uh, so all is good and well. The plus side of that, too, is uh, the Walmart was gray only. There's just no options, but Best Buy, I had the option, so I was able to nab the neon, which is what I really want in the end because uh, I think JK especially can uh, attest that uh, colors are fun. And uh, I had a black GameCube. I think I mentioned this last time too, but I had a black GameCube, and I always wished that I would kind of opted for the purple.
1: Same. Yeah, uh, in the long run. So this is my uh, my comeuppance on that. It's funny because I had a purple GameCube, and for some reason back then I was stupid and wanted the black one. <laughs> Well, but it no, actually, what I, re- it? I really wanted the orange one because when I saw that, the E3 thing, I was like, that is the best-looking system I've ever seen. But then they didn't bring the orange one over for launch, so, oh, well.
0: But did they eventually? Because I'm trying to I, – I saw you mention that on the forums, and uh, I cannot
1: imagine what the orange one looked like. I could have sworn that they brought it over, but maybe they didn't. I've I got don't
2: an know, I, I believe it was got called, called orange. Spice Orange. It oh, was <laughs> –
0: not I've too. got a controller for that,
1: but Yeah, me too. I had the orange controller, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't bring the console over. I think Some they, they person did. listening to this podcast will chime in and say you guys don't know what you're talking about. Clearly <laughs> they did or did not. So
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Alright. Well, uh that said,
0: let's jump into the first segment here. And I guess to start things off in the most obvious way, you know, I wanted to mention the overall presentation. This is the first time we've had a non- nintendo direct event in a long long time and uh how do you guys think that went over um and then do you prefer what they did or i guess they're going to keep doing directs because we had a fire emblem one just the other day so that's probably a good thing uh but jk what do you think about how this all went down
1: yeah i have uh in my notes the word terrible <laughs> because that can't be about the presentation <laughs> yeah uh, what what um the paper so, quality I think that uh this live presentation did a brilliant job of showcasing why Nintendo Directs are better than live. You lose so little versus live, and you gain so much more in terms of clarity and succinctness and just fun even. Um I did a blog post this past week uh, unrelated on how just because something isn't broken doesn't mean that there's not something better. And, uh, generally the more successful and creative people will go try to find something better, even if they have to abandon something that works. And I think that this presentation was a perfect example of that because when Nintendo announced there were going to be no more live E3 press conferences, I was so unhappy, but now I see exactly why they did that. And I really think they were right. Cause directs just blow this stuff out of the water. You don't have, uh, you know, you get things like, Reggie's cookies being stolen, which is hilarious and fun, but you also don't get uh, a translator butchering Suda Fifty One who goes <laughs> off script, or or the guy uh, announcing
0: that Splatoon Two launch or at launch in uh, summer two thousand seventeen or whatever. Like however he did it, it totally made me think that Splatoon was launching uh, in March, and Absolutely. then and I wanted yeah, to punch that guy.
2: <laughs> He's too busy researching uh, different types of squid obviously so let's not uh be too hard on the man here he's got bigger bigger fish to fry uh, so and to he's got
0: yoga
1: clearly oh like, yeah yoga class
0: as well
2: bigger things on his mind
1: indeed what'd you think jamie of general overall so
2: <laughs> i you know i get a kick out of it a little bit because it's a little silly and all that uh and the, the I love the, uh you know, the, the pomp and circumstance around it with the laser lights and all that kind of stuff. So that was, <laughs> that was cool. Just from like, oh man, it's like, it felt like, yeah, they're, they're taking it seriously. It's going to be huge. And they had a, they had a countdown. It was like, oh my God, like... I didn't know if like Miyamoto was gonna like come down from like a, a zip line or something like that. It's, it's gonna pop
0: out of a birthday. It's cake. gonna be
2: like WWE with like, you know, people coming down the ramp or anything like that. <laughs> but uh I the thing I like about their live events is that usually and maybe not for this event specifically, but like in the past you get I feel like you get like a little more uh personality from Nintendo, like they wanna talk with us and uh you know you we got to see in the past, we saw Iwata and we saw Reggie would come out on stage and that kind of stuff. And that was always cool from like a like a fan service kind of standpoint, because I think the only thing that gets me about Direct sometimes, it's like, and it's good that Nintendo can only distill their information exactly how they want to do it. But I sometimes I feel like you get that, like, they're on like a mountaintop, you know, kind of throwing all their news out to the world, so they're not, like, talking to us as much as they're talking at us. So it's kind of cool in that aspect to have it live and uh, a little more personable that way. Uh, That being said, um, there were some definite things with the presentation that were uh, didn't go as planned, uh, but uh, I thought in general it was fun. Obviously kind of, like, very Japanese-centric, so a lot of the mannerisms and stuff pretty fall flat for, like, all of us, like, little, I'm falling on the couch, and that kind of stuff. Uh, It's like, oh, boy. But uh, I Mm -hmm. thought it was, I feel like I've been a Nintendo fan for so long that I'm, I've gotten so good at uh, phasing out what I would consider noise and, like, stuff that's not important where people are online, like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. I'm like, well, it's just a presentation, like, I know Nintendo, whatever, like, just get to the games and that's really all I want to hear about but uh I don't know um yeah. I've I try not to think about it I guess
0: <laughs> yeah the couch bit won't directly equal Zelda sales failing you know what I mean yeah I mean, yeah. Nintendo's just being themselves they're they're one of the more quirky companies and yet they're one of the bigger companies so it, I think it's awkward for people to have such a goofy company have such power in the uh in the you know industry
2: yeah and I I wonder if you know after awada's passing they're they're still trying to kind of find their voice again in terms of how they want to present things because he had such a charm about him with how he would speak and, and that kinda of stuff. So uh, I, I think you know, they're they're kind of going back and forth between the pre recorded stuff, but also trying to keep what he brought to the table. So I think in time we might get something a little bit more uh you know naturally like a little more natural for them but right now it seems like they're still trying to figure out how they want to do this kind of stuff
0: yeah i would say i guess let me know if i'm wrong here but i would say that iwata kind of had that feeling of robin williams from the movie toys while kimishima had more like a zordon thing going on you know (laughs) And, uh, and I think both can work, but, uh, yeah, you're right. We're kind of having a a shift in tone and and it's not fully completed yet, but I think that's why Koizumi was, was kind of the focus because he seemed to have a bit more of a, I mean, he is a, one of Miyamoto's protege and, and I think he probably was better fit for carrying the show. A smooth, smooth
2: talker, that guy, man, he was Mm -hmm. like, he was ready
0: yeah, he he had a few ladies back in his uh, dressing room for sure, <laughs> that he just met. Um,
1: I feel like uh, they saved three of their biggest uh, charismatic figures for the end, and they barely gave them anything because Reggie and Miyamoto and uh, uh, Numa, yeah, they were all at the end, and and they were the ones with with all of that old Awada charm. And I feel like if they'd have given them a bigger piece. And then the other thing I would say is, uh, you make some really good points, Jamie, and I didn't really consider those things like the personal aspect of things. I wonder if, if they had delayed even five minutes so that they could get their translations right, I wonder if that would have dramatically improved things because we missed so much just because, uh, off script people were just trying desperately to translate quickly, but it just wasn't happening.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that could be it. But hey, when you, when you have a countdown, that you kind of, <laughs> kind of trap yourself in a, in a corner there, yeah. so maybe in the future they'll wind up uh, not wanting to do that.
1: <laughs> well, confiscate everybody's phones at the door who's going to be there live and then lock them in there for an extra five minutes so that you can just fix everything yeah. and then just have a delay on the thing. I don't know. It just seems like that part to me was what really – bugged me about the whole thing
2: yeah usually there is like a delay where you know in case something like that happens and i'm sure there was a delay but i don't know if the guy wasn't his mic wasn't on or or something like that but that was uh it was entertaining if if nothing else
0: was reggie and miyamoto i mean they were at the nintendo world store or i guess the nintendo store in the clip but that wasn't a live
1: clip was it didn't seem like it. It yeah, didn't, I mean... it
2: didn't look live to me, just cause there was like multiple camera angles and things like that. But, um, from what I've heard from other, you know, people who were there at that event, uh, they were there that day. And yeah. that's why I wonder if they were there that day to, uh, make it more exciting for like the Western journalists and things like that. Uh, because, um, you know, I think they're probably doing whatever they, cause they, there were journalists that showed up, they were like, they didn't think it was gonna be such a huge event, but then they're like, oh my god, they made this big, like, thing about, like, Reggie coming out, they made a big deal about it, so, maybe they were trying to make it feel more exciting for all the, like, YouTubers and, and people like that to, cause if they weren't there, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get as much positive press in the West as they probably can for this thing, so, uh, maybe that's one reason they, they were there, uh, I don't know. It was, yeah. I smiled when when they came on, on the camera at the end. I was like, oh, there they are. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it was fun.
1: I don't know that you can look at those three together and not smile, whether they're in puppet form or otherwise. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, they're really... You know, I heard some comments
0: from folks saying that Reggie just needs to be done and he needs to leave, but I, I don't get that at all. I like Reggie as, as a person and I guess as a character in Nintendo's presentations and everything. I think he's um an enjoyable person and and his interviews seem to go really well too i kind of like what he says and even if he has kind of a canned prepared answer to some things uh he still seemed very respectful and very just you know charismatic yeah
2: yeah i i i mean i'll never forget when he first came on stage and he's like oh my god he just cursed on stage this is amazing nintendo's mature now but I, <laughs> I like Reggie. Uh, sometimes I feel like he tries a little too hard to be a little like edgy to make. He's like the dad who wants to let us know that he's like really cool. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> like he's he's chat. awesome. I, I, you know, you, you know, you're only gonna get so much information out of him. So it's like you know, it's a running joke at that point. But um, I saw some good interviews with people like Pro Jared and and some others that. That were like productive interviews. Like I got something out of it and heard some things that I hadn't heard before. So, uh,
0: you know, I mentioned the pro Jared, that's the one where they switched places. Yeah. 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 Right. I saw that as well. And I mentioned that last episode, uh, although not by name, thanks for remember- you know, reminding me who that was because I like that interview particularly because, uh, Reggie got to ask some questions of pro Jared and I really feel like he was caring about his answers. Yeah, and I think that's what I like about Reggie.
2: Yeah, it was a nice back and forth with with the two of them, and nice to hear uh, Pro Jared take a, a knock at other M, and uh, <laughs> it's like Phantom Hourglass is like, oh man,
1: how dare you! <laughs> also, when with his questions, they seemed legitimate, like they weren't the canned kind of things. When he asked him, "What game would you like to see that's not Nintendo on the Switch?" like uh, executives don't ask those kind of questions you know right. that, that's that's, a, just... that's
2: kind of a ballsy question to ask yes yeah, i mean he definitely. could have said something like uh yeah final fantasy 15 right now and like oh but like monster hunter like you could imagine yeah that's probably in the works
0: you know that's yeah, probably gonna so was, happen i didn't like his answer for that point i wanted
2: <laughs> i wanted to see reggie react to something a little Try bit to, more. like egg him on for like yeah. something else be like um resident evil 8 yeah
1: Funny. something like that <laughs> exactly
0: like, something that would have indicated, hey, go after this third-party thing as opposed to, like you said, you're probably already going after this third-party. Uh, but Still, so, oh
2: well. so it's pretty cool to hear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, let's move Let's move forward. Let's talk about the console design because that's something we didn't touch on last time. And, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, Joe and I probably in a few episodes ago did discuss it a little bit when we saw the reveal trailer. But now we've really gotten really – intimate details about these things. And, uh, just my quick ass- assessment of it is that it looks pretty damn sleek. So, uh, JK, what do you think about the console from a design and functionality standpoint?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, it looks, it looks slick and I love that they're giving you the option of, of the slightly goofier one. And then the, very sleek one that fits in with all of your other equipment Uh and i love the matte finish that's going on in different areas uh when they i saw some shots with it next to the wii u controller and it's just it's like a night and day difference it just looks yeah cooler to me um the one thing that i kind of wish and maybe i'll just grab some spray paint and do it myself I, i'd love for the dock to be slightly crazier or have an option for the crazier dock too so you have a half blue half red dock or something uh, that way, it would just add to that kind of whimsy and appeal to me. Just um, be
0: careful on on modifying your dock because I think the standalones are pretty pricey.
1: Yeah, just true. Yeah. It's just
0: the. It's not. I guess it's not just a pass through per se because the way that the the feed works with the TV and the system
1: and everything. But, it, yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. No, I I probably won't actually mod it. I only ever did that once, and it was to an N64 controller that I took apart and spray-painted a bright yellow, and then it never worked again. So <laughs> I learned that lesson. Um And then the last thing I wanted to say about the design of the console, which is kind of a little more functionality, I guess, is I've only heard really good things about the screen quality. Uh, which you know we won't know until we get it in our hands, but I'm really excited about that because I I played so much of the Wii U off screen that having that quality be there is very exciting to me. And it's 720p too, I think uh, by default. So at least
0: it's going to have you know one version of HD. And it's not like because when when like Zelda when it's on the TV it's at like 900p, which is not full 1080, but uh, you know it's somewhere close. And then the Switch as a handheld is the 720 or at least
1: it's not like a 500 or something some awkward number yeah it's good that it's going to be true hd definitely and when you get it to that size too it just i mean i know there are people who care if a little screen is 1080 or, or higher but i i personally i'm totally cool with the 720 for the smaller screen mm-hmm. yeah i'm fine with it as well yeah so console design how about you jamie
2: uh, I, I like it too. I mean, the same thing you were saying in terms of night and day where, um, so like, after the GameCube, I think they got a lot of flack for GameCube looking like a toy and they kind of wanted to change it up. So they really, you know, copied, you know, that Apple mentality of going sleek and white, black with the Wii. Mm-hmm. And then the Wii U was, I mean, it was just kind of the same, but, I think it's just the chunkiness of the gamepad and just the system design in general. I think they kind of went back to things looking a a little more Um, toy-like.
0: Very rounded edges.
2: Yeah, yeah, very, you know, I mean, it's very fun and approachable looking, but in terms of, um, you know, looking more like a sleek, you know, modern electronic device, I think that kind of fell short there. And I think the Switch is kind of trying to get back to that to be like, this is something that's going to fit a little bit more, uh, in line with your, your living room. And, uh, you know, if, if it's a portable device that you're carrying around with you, you probably want it to look a little bit more, uh, similar to like modern cell phones and things like that. And I I think they're doing a good job of, you know, making it something that, you know, and and I don't really care, but like, people aren't going to be like embarrassed to have around with them or anything like that. It's, uh, you know, it blends in. And it's not like too garish or anything like that. So uh, I think it looks really nice. Uh, I like the different colors. And I think it's funny. Like, I think for a while Nintendo hasn't had a, a color associated with them, right? Like, mm. like Sony is, I guess, blue, and Xbox is green, and I guess Nintendo's always been red. If if that was yes. like mm-hmm. that's their logo. I guess Switches is, is the red logo. Um, but uh, and I think the I think the cool thing is and. I've been thinking about this for a while, but in terms of, like, how modular the system is, we're going to see, assuming this thing takes off, we'll see skins and different things like that. So I'm I'm excited about being able to customize the system that way, because they have that stuff so much more than, like, when we were kids. Like, now that gaming is so much more mainstream, there's, like, companies that are dedicated to just making skins and stickers and things for your system. So uh, I look forward to that. Um, from, you know, I ordered the gray one, so if I want to change it up down the line or, or anything like that, uh, I think that'll be cool. Um, so I think it looks sleek. Um, I think 720p, uh, I think everything we've heard looks fine. Uh, it's going to look great. And uh, I think it's also, I forget what the gamepad resolution was, but um, it's probably good future-proof for things like Virtual Console um, in terms of, like, the resolutions of the old systems scaling into it and things like that so you're not going to get these hopefully like blurry nintendo nes games and things like that so uh i think it should look awesome and it's it's cool to not have to compromise the video quality that much if you're not on the tv because that's something you d- you do kind of get out of out of the wii u right now is if you play on the gamepad systems a little blurrier you get some like more motion blur things like that because it's it is streaming from the system so um you know I'm playing Yoshi's Wooly World and I'm playing it mostly on the gamepad and it looks it, it looks great like it looks great but it looks way way better on the TV than it does on the gamepad so when I'm playing on the gamepad I'm always like eh, you know I wish it looked as good as it did on the TV and now I think they're getting closer to like yeah we don't have to Compromise the visual quality uh on the gamepad or the
0: the handheld mode, yeah the gamepad I just looked it up. The gamepad has a resolution of eight fifty four by four eighty okay
2: yeah and and the fact that they can stream without like noticeable lag is is huge, obviously, but you know uh you know compared to what they're doing now, I think uh it's almost like the Switch is getting closer to what they wish they could have done with Wii, but the technology wasn't really there yet. Um, and I think as years go on, I think it's only going to make more sense for Nintendo to do this because the consoles are only going to get so powerful. So you can hit that plateau where it's like, well, we can shrink it. We can carry it around with us. So even if, it, if the idea might be like too early for some people, I think it's, it's all going to that, that point anyway. So.
0: Well, there's nothing for me to, to really add from what you guys said. Uh, and I kind of, I have the itching to, to transition because of something that Jamie said. But uh, as far as the console design, I think this is something that I am actually most hyped about, though. one of the, It's one of my biggest features because I, I, I do agree with you that it's an evolution of what the Wii U was intended to be. And it does look so damn good in the functionality of the whole thing, the way that everything fits. And it's not like uh, the Joy-Cons just sit, kind of awkwardly on the sides it really it, it's designed around the joy cons just as much as it is by itself and um, i think it'll be something that will be really nice for you know random promotion when people are playing these outside in the world and everyone's saying well what the heck's that that's very cool it looks it looks very nice uh, but overall i also like the sleekness of just this little dock being near the tv or whatever your setup is and you just kind of drop it in uh it's not um even the Wii U which is a small system compared to say the Xbox 360 or the Xbox 1 or the PlayStation systems but it still is bulkier than even this is so uh big fan of the console design personally um <clears throat> i guess not to skip over the play modes per the the outline but uh the point that you made Jamie about this console being maybe a bit more what the Wii U was intended to be that's exactly what I feel about the Joy Cons and what they're always wanted for Wii, uh, the the Motes and the Wii Motion Plus. This is the natural evolution of that, and I'm actually really happy to see that they doubled down on motion controls. And uh, I think I think now they might use them a little more subtly. Um, not that one two switch is subtle, but <laughs> I, I feel like you know they're not going to just shoehorn every game to have motion controls. Now that they have all these great different ways you can play, I think they're going to let developers naturally choose what makes the most sense. And I think that tied with the technology is actually a really good thing for Nintendo fans.
2: Yeah. Uh I, I wanted to comment on that. Cause like, and this is where I think you see a lot of, you know, traditional, like, core gamers, they get upset that uh I you know, this stuff is inflating the cost of the system and I'm not interested in it and blah blah blah. But I think what the DS was at at the beginnings, like the touch screen and all these other features and um if you look at the 3DS, even more features. At at some point, the system kind of just becomes a Swiss army knife, and the system doesn't really become about one or two features. But developers have all these different tools to play with where it's like, well, no, it's not a motion system, but that's just another aspect of it so that if we want to use it, we can. Um, and then you'll get features that get used more often than others, and you'll get... Um, some that, like, become really big standouts, but um, you'll still get games here and there that use everything, so... But
0: that's exactly why I think the trailer in October was not having a focus on, you know, on, on the motion controls or the touchpad. You know, we didn't know until pretty much last week that there was even touch capability. We we thought there would be, but they, they dumbed those, or not dumb those, down, but they kind of pushed those features aside to just show really what the system is, and then... You know, just like developers will, you know, pick and choose when you want to do stuff. It was more about the functionality and, and the the way you can travel with it, I think, than than anything else.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to get too off topic, but I'd say that I think they're still doing that to a small degree. I know that they pushed heavily that this is a console first, but I think that they're doing that specifically marketing-wise right now. And then later, they're, they have some plans for maybe pushing a little more of the portability aspect of it. I, I really think that like the touch screen that they didn't bother talking about at first, I don't think that we've heard everything that they kinda have in the in the wings.
2: I I totally agree. Um and when we talk about different kinds of, of play modes and and the Joy Cons and just everything that's built into it, this whole system is so modular and I think what it's giving Nintendo is what they've always wanted with their handhelds is the ability to potentially iterate on their hardware because that's like a huge driving force of, you know, their handheld market is every couple of years. You refresh their handheld, smaller, sleeker, better screen, things like that. There's so many different aspects of it that people are always like, yeah, I wish this was a little bit better, and they can do that with Switch now. And, you know, when, when you talk about it becoming more portable... In the future, you know, batteries are going to get bigger, screens are going to get nicer, um, they're going to be able to shrink the tech even more, so I don't think it's, if the Switch does well, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that they have a Switch Mini or something like that, like the 2DS version of Switch that's more portable and they have potentially different versions of it, and then you kind of see kind of the fruits of their labor in terms of the portability aspect of it like start to make a little bit more sense uh even if they don't make as much sense now because of the battery life and things like that but i totally agree with uh them being able to emphasize different aspects of it like going into the future
0: yeah and and i was thinking uh just recently too if they did decide to keep this as a separate pillar from the handheld 3DS line or whatever What's stopping them from using Joy Cons on that system anyway? You know, what I mean, it's all just Bluetooth now, isn't it? So, I think that by keeping it modular, you actually give people even more options down the line, just for something like that.
2: It also does kind of lessen the blow, hope maybe a little bit of how expensive some of the peripherals are, because yeah, they they are. There's a lot of tech in them; they're pretty expensive. But then you also factor in, well, you know what? There might not be another Nintendo handheld anytime soon, so. At the end of the day, if you are the kind of Nintendo gamer who has the the handheld and the console, then maybe you wind up spending less because you're not buying a whole other system to do the work that just one system can do.
0: They can't really show their cards on that, I guess. So right now, we're in the dark. We make presumptions and everything. But yeah, to your point, that's a smart way of looking at it. You've got... uh, I mean, I'm someone who does that. I buy every console. I buy every handheld and I don't like to look at the bank account when I do that, but <laughs> when they add up, it's got to be more than what I'm paying right now for a March launch and, and for the rest of the year or anything. So, yeah. Now, the the Pro Controller, that is pretty pricey as well. Uh, but again, I think could be used in, in – I mean, imagine having a 3DS and you're – well, you know how Smash Brothers had a bunch of different options. You could use your 3DS to play Wii U Smash Brothers. Um, it'd be $5. great if you could just,
2: is it like a dollar or $5 or something like that? They actually, charged... no. didn't they charge no, for that? that?
1: No, I don't no. think so.
2: Oh, I thought they charged separately for that.
1: Sorry. I didn't do it, so I'm not sure. If, if you've been, if you've but, been uh, spreading that rumor, yeah, <laughs> you're the,
0: the responsible party for Nintendo's I'm fall. a troll.
2: I'm a huge troll.
0: Yeah. No, you know, I didn't, I didn't, well. No, you know what I? Uh, it's ninety nine cents. Only... Sorry, it is ninety nine really? cents. Yes, Are Smash Controller. What on the eShop? Whoa, okay, that that blows my mind. I know. I, I I've only done that at uh, Plute's <laughs> house. Uh, Game Day Grant played on his, but we it never even came up that it had cost anything. Yep, yep. isn't that crazy? Why would that matter? Anyway, well, okay, that's a whole different topic. Well, okay. <laughs> There's like a mystery to be solved here now. Um,
1: Stay tuned for podcast 100, where we discuss only that.
2: I'm gonna show up <laughs> at NOA headquarters with like a big microphone. I'm gonna like follow people into the building and like harass them and it was, like interview style, like, sir, sir, uh, can you explain why the smash controller costs money?
0: And Reggie's <laughs> gonna like hide shoot. his
2: face. And
0: a guy in a Bowser suit's gonna escort you out. <laughs> yeah, probably. with their guards. <laughs> to sir, trust you're us. gonna have to leave. <laughs> Well, he will sound more like uh, just a Bowser roar. You'll have to interpret it. Uh, Maybe they'll have that translator nearby.
1: Uh. (laughs) Oh. You've got to... Spring Man 1.
0: ...leave now. Um, Anyway, so Pro Controller. uh, I'm pretty excited for for getting one of these, but I'm not going to do it at launch because it is pretty pricey, and I don't think I'm going to really need it until Splatoon, but I do feel like... It looks pretty good. It looks. I've good. heard a lot of reports that it feels very good, and I love that it's got all the functionality that the Joy Cons and everything pretty much have as well, but it's just got more, I guess, ergonomics is what you're kind of, you know, buying when you get this thing. Um, I mean, JK, are you uh, looking to pick one of these up anytime soon, or do you have a game that you want to use it with? Mario Kart, maybe, or something?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, in my notes for for talking today, I have written the one suggestion I guess I would make is that people don't necessarily pick it up at launch because none of us have really gotten a chance to to hold on to the Joy-Con slot controller, you know? And we don't know exactly what that's going to be like. So I feel like a lot of people are are wanting to hold on to that old design without giving Nintendo a real shot at seeing what weird thing they might do. Like, I remember when I saw the GameCube controller, I thought, that's weird and I don't like it. Um, and if you'd offered me an n64 controller that plugged into the gamecube i don't know that i would have gone with a gamecube controller but now that is my favorite <laughs> controller because yeah, you- it's just it's so comfortable so i'm gonna personally hold off on the pro i didn't even get a, a pro console or controller for the wii u i'm i was totally okay with the gamepad but i would really think that you could save yourself a lot of money if you just try the uh, one that comes in the box first. And if it's not you know, everything you want more, then by all means you can get the Pro Controller. But I think it is a wise thing to not buy it day one just because you really do have it out of the box more than, more than the previous two consoles from Nintendo. You have almost a Pro Controller out of the box with the mm-hmm. little slotted thing. Jamie, are you going to pick this up?
2: It looks really good, uh. It, but it's seventy. But I mean, that's a game. Seventy dollars is a is an extra game, and uh, I I think when you look at at least across the industry in terms of maybe not so much Nintendo, but even their stuff lately, things go on sale and uh, things get bundled together and things like that. So, I think it would probably make more sense for most people if they want one to get one that way, because at launch there's. There's really not a huge reason to get one because it, it does have all the same functionality as the the Joy-Con grip or, or whatever. But um, the only thing the Joy-Con grip is missing is a D-pad, and which is really weird because Nintendo is like synonymous with the D-pad. But then you look at their lineup and what's coming up, and, and no no games are really taking advantage of the D-pad uh, unless you're like a really hardcore virtual console player and you need to play, you know, Balloon Fight on a fourth or fifth system at this point. (laughs) Um, But, like, yeah, if you really, really need that D-pad for, like, Sonic Mania or something like that, then, yeah, you might want to get one. But it doesn't look like you really need it yet. Um, But like you said, for something like Splatoon, um, you know, that might be better just to, to have something more comfortable. But, um... It does look comfortable enough to hold the Joy-Con separately. By the way, not a huge fan of the word Joy-Con being the plural of Joy-Con. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there.
0: It's like Lego and Lego. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. I'm just going to say Joy-Cons. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, right now it's it's as awesome as it looks. It, it's kind of superfluous right now. Um, but it is cool to see that it has the, the, the motion... Um, cause like even the DualShock 4, the Steam controller, they have motion in it. So that makes sense. Rumble, the rumble in the gamepad was not good. Um, I thought in the, the Wiimotes just always well, got this like buzzing sensation out of it. So it's cool to see them maybe get back to some, some nicer rumble. Um, you know, analog triggers, things like that. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if you really need it out of the gate and vote with your dollars. You know, if you don't, if you think it's too expensive, don't buy it and let let that market like dictate, okay, maybe they'll decrease the price of that over time.
1: And then another thing I would say is uh, come E3, I think we'll see, and also it'll depend on how the Switch is doing, I'm sure, but we'll kind of see where they're headed in terms of new Joy-Cons. So I wouldn't be shocked if E3 rolls around and they're like, here's us two new Joy Cons that we've invented. And one of them is, uh, you know, NES style where yeah, there's a D pad and where- then it doesn't need crazy amounts of tech like the others, or maybe it's even come down in price. So you can get these Joy Cons for considerably less money. I don't know, but it just seems like, again, like you said, right now, what are you really buying it for? Right. <laughs> you just, you just don't need it yet. And- Eventually, yes, but.
2: And, like, what you just said, that's a really good point, too. Like, what do you... The intent, they're trying to give you so much out of the box. Like, basically, yeah. you have two-player couch multiplayer out of the box, at least for basic games. Like, you're not going to be... And, and it plays with the games that they're they're making. Like, you're going to be able to play Mario Kart with these kind of things. It might not be the most comfortable thing in the world, maybe, but you can hand it to someone and be like, hey, let's play Mario Kart. And that's something that was missing out of the last couple consoles where um we we less so because, you know, everyone wanted those controllers, but with Wii U, it didn't come with the Wii Remote. People were like, What do I use? There was all this ambiguity about like people not knowing what they needed, but now it's like what you wanna do is in the box, two players, out of the gate, you can play snipper clips and, and these games out of the out of the box and not feel like you really don't have to that could be another reason why these things are so expensive because they kind of just figure most people aren't going to need these things.
0: Sure. Well, that's all, uh, all, all, very good. I have nothing really more to add, uh, especially with the last episode and everything. So, um, I suppose, uh, I think it's kind of our consensus that maybe it's, it's worth waiting on and, you know, we'll see. I mean, the only reason that the d pad's missing from the Joy-Con is because, you know, when you do go into two-player mode, you know, you want to make sure that you have, you're not using a D-pad for your A, B, X, Y, you know. Right. And so I, I can't really fault them for putting the D-pad only on the, the pro controller. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm i I'm actually a little, the, the main thing I'm bummed about is the fact that the, uh, whatchamacallit, it's um, the, the bridge that holds the Joy-Cons together. What is that device called?
2: The uh, grip.
0: Yeah, so the one that comes with the system has no charging capability, Um, but then they're selling a $30 one that will, and I have that pre-ordered at Amazon, but I'm wondering, you know, how often will I be needing to do that because, you know, I could just slap them on the system and charge it overnight and everything, and with how often I play, I'm just not sure if I really need it, I gotta think about that some more as far as like a launch thing, but it is disappointing that that wasn't Kind of built
1: into the bundle you're getting. That's super weird from a business standpoint because you have to probably work harder to make two versions than you would if you just made one. I, I whatever. But um regarding the charging of them, I, I see personally you're gonna run out of screen charge far long, uh, quicker than you'll run oh, out of yeah. Joy Con charge. Yeah. So Well it is I don't, for like twenty
0: hours or something. Yeah, the, the Joy
1: Cons go forever, but the screen does not. So I would think that, you know, you're gonna unless you're only ever playing this in console mode and the Joy-Cons are securely fastened to the little slot controller i i would imagine that they're going to just recharge
0: automatically so then really what what i would be doing is just as long as i take them off that and put them back on the console yeah. you know every night as opposed to leaving the controller to sit on the table with right. them in the holster then i'd be fine
1: and even if you leave them in the holster for 3 days you know you're still probably fine it's probably not right but I don't know. It's just I, I okay. see the rechargeable, or the charge of the screen and the console itself, I think, will hold you back far more than you're ever going to have an issue with the Joy-Cons themselves.
0: Okay. I think you might have convinced me because right now I'm looking at two dilemmas. One, just the cost of how much I'm going to spend, mainly because I have Amiibo factored in there because, yeah, I'm one of those guys still.
1: I but, blame uh, T-bun for that, for bringing that to our attention. I was ing- ignorant and blissful until he had to come along and say, "Look how much money you're spending."
0: <laughs> you don't need yeah, to look at it, any of that. <laughs> you know, but since it's coming so quick, which thankfully it is March 3rd, and I'm happy it's coming so quickly. But yeah. um, I, I stupidly didn't prepare for, I guess, this all happening on uh, Jan 12 and everything. But um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't help when he's like. Trying to say, hey, look how much we're giving to Nintendo.
1: Yep. Us slaves. (laughs) Well, if (laughs) I'm going to give it to some heartless corporation, that's the heartless corporation I want to give it to. Amen to that. Absolutely.
0: But, you know, let's take a break there. Let's call a break. uh, Go stretch your legs, and then we'll come back and we'll start talking about the games because there's a lot to discuss. Indeed. All right. Welcome back, and uh, we're going to start our first of two game segments. I guess that kind of is appropriate, considering the first game we'll talk about is the 1-2 Switch, which is, you know, some are saying is Nintendo's Nintendo Land for the Switch, or Nintendo's Wii Sports for the Switch. And, uh, I mean, I can't speak too much on it, because I haven't played it, but it definitely looks to be something like that. <laughs> it's something, is all we can say. Uh Essentially, you know, for those who are living under a rock, the 1 2 Switch game is a game that allows people to play with each other, f- focusing on each other, using the Joy Cons to do things, and not really focusing so much on the screen, which is a really cool, actually, I think, concept, because Nintendo's constantly trying to make us pay attention to each other, even though they're going to the mobile market and they want us to look at our phones. But regardless, it's it's a game where you're milking cows, you're, the cows are milking you, I think. I don't know. Uh, but what do you guys think of this? Because it was kind of a... It was a big surprise, I think. I don't think anyone expected something like this to be coming because we didn't really know the controller's functionality anyway. But, uh, JK, like, are, what do you think of this? And are you
1: picking this up? Uh, I don't know what to think of this. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I don't think that right away I will pick it up. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people have gone back and forth of, should this be a pack-in? Should it not be a pack-in? Uh, does it warrant the cost? Blah, blah, blah. I haven't played it enough to know if it should be a pack-in or should be uh, really expensive or whatever. But I can say that if it was a pack-in, I would definitely play it. And if it's not a pack-in, I'm probably going to miss out on it because uh, from what I've seen, and maybe I need to just dive a little deeper into it and maybe some people who actually buy it and play it will convince me. From what I've seen, it's just not enough for me to to warrant the cost and Uh, You know, I I love Nintendo Land. We played it a lot on occasion. I loved Wii Sports. We played it even more. But I had to kind of be forced to play those by them packing it in. And I just don't know that I would willingly go ahead and and do this, specifically because there's other stuff I want to play. If this was uh, pretty much it, and I know people complained about the launch lineup, but you put this next to Zelda, and I just uh, I I can't I can't warrant it. So maybe
0: there's like a goat milking minigame in Zelda.
1: Ah, uh, there you go. Um, I think that it's a cool idea, and I think that the people who do get it and show, uh, you know, either casual gamers or non-gamers, I think it's going to be a blast, like Wii Sports was, and like Nintendo Land was. I think that people are really going to enjoy this a lot. But for me, just not not there yet. I, I see. Uh, another game that we're going to talk about shortly that is much more interesting to me. So.
0: <laughs> no, uh, not to get into that, but did I did I give you the light on that? Did you know about that before I mentioned it?
1: Which uh, the, the next one in our the queue. next one? No, yeah. uh, I I had only seen it in passing, and I'll talk about that. But uh, yeah. it was because of this podcast that I was introduced to the magic of the next game. But let's keep <laughs> on One to Switch first.
0: I just want to see if I could claim credit.
1: That's yes, all. you absolutely can. I, I owe you it. all of that. <laughs>
0: All right. Oh, so, so Jamie, what about one, two switch, though, for you? I mean, are right, is your brain still melted from it all?
2: Oh, it's melted. Um, yeah, it's, I, I feel like, I think it looks fun. Uh, I feel like I wish that, um, it had a little bit more of that, like, Nintendo flavor. Cause I, I feel like when we first saw it, I was like, is this going to be WarioWare or something like that? Where it's something more in the vein of, like, that art style or, like, rhythm heaven and be, like, really. That distinct, like Japanese zany kind of thing, but it's actually different. You're actually getting like full motion video of real people performing these in different costumes and things like that, and that's fun. Not exactly what I was expecting, but um, it's uh, I'm not gonna get it. You know, if it was cheaper, I think it's maybe fifty dollars for that game or something yep. like that. I mm-hmm. that's a bit much. For me, like if it was twenty, I'd probably get it, Um, because I think it turns into that kind of game that's more like like or something that you keep around for parties and things like that. That maybe you're not even not playing like Nintendo Land, where maybe you're going through the mini games and stuff like that, but you're you know you're just getting it out as the situation kind of needs it. You're not going to be like milking cows by yourself or something like that. No, what? I, nobody does that. No. <laughs> get, get out of here. Uh so like I like I want to try it just to feel like the HD rumble and you know the haptic feedback and things like that. Like that sounds cool, but uh $50 for that's a, it's a bit to swallow um but at the same time I kind of like that they're not packing it in because so far, it's kind of the exception, and there's a good article about this uh, from Chris Kohler that you can look at, where 1-2-Switch is like the exception to their their lineup right now. It's like one of their only games that's really not geared towards Nintendo gamers. And if you pack that in, that's kind of saying, this is the experience that we want you to have with Switch. And it's really not, like, when you look at their lineup, that's not what the experience that they want you to have, like... Um, I don't think they want to set that precedent that this is a system for games like One Two Switch. I think I think they make it so that yeah, other companies feel encouraged to make games like that. Um, but I think that's gonna wind up being like the exception more than the rule.
1: So I totally agree with you on that. Like that is a, a brilliant point, and absolutely, absolutely, the the it would have set a precedent. And it would have taken things in a completely different direction. And if, you know, all other things aside, if I'm just speaking selfishly, I'm glad they didn't pack it in for that reason. Because I'd rather have some more Zeldas than I would Wii Sports. I like both of them, but, man, it's... I agree. Totally. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's, it's definitely less of, like, a traditional video game than even Wii Sports was, and... I think it's, you know, they're trying to sell this thing to gamers. Like, that's your that's your launch. Like, you really want to evangelize your base and get these people with systems. But you're going to get people who are like, what the hell is this game? And it's like, you know, to some people, it's so weird that it could turn a lot of people off. So you put it out there for people who want it. um But, you know, for people who just want to get Zelda or whatever... You know the rest of their lineup is very much like retro games retro styled games with more just Nintendo fan service kind of stuff coming down the line, and that's like really what they're trying to hit harder. it looks like
0: well, and here's the harsh reality too i mean from a from a i mean for a living, I buy things, and while I don't know the the nooks and crannies of how much you know the system package costs them to manufacture, to ship all that good stuff, all the things that go into it, and then how much they're profiting. So I don't know those numbers, but one thing that Reggie said is that if they did pack it in, it would have increased the cost of the bundle. And they didn't want to do that. They wanted to stay at the three hundred dollar price point and then that's why this game's fifty bucks. So if this game literally is fifty dollars and that's where they feel comfortable that they're gonna make any profit at all. I mean who knows how much money was spent in this, maybe they went over budget. Who knows? You gotta pay but those actors, in... right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, Johnny Depp ain't cheap. Um, but, uh, if, if they had put this in there, that would have definitely raised the price because it sounds like Nintendo was, was not gonna, you know, let this be just a, a loss in that sense. And if it raised it by a whole 50 bucks, would you guys be so excited for the Switch if it was 350 but it came with this? No. I don't think that would have made the difference. So I think it actually probably is a smart move financially for them in the end to omit it. Uh, I, I do wish they would look at their numbers some more and see if they could bring it down. I mean, I probably won't pick this up unless I see it. Uh, honestly, I, I never buy used if I can help it, but this is actually a game where I initially am thinking, well, maybe I'll see it at uh, like disc replay for 25 bucks or something, you know, um, and play it some other time because it, it seems like a parties categories thing, but, you know, I don't, get, I don't get people over for parties that often, so I don't think it'll it'll go too far with me and, and you know, Erica. So.
1: I have a feeling this will be... Uh, quickly on the uh, my Nintendo, you know, trade some coins and we'll give you a free copy of this game. Well, I mean, maybe not, but I think that it will. Be. I've
0: got a lot of coins to trade. There you go. Let me let me check. Click click. click. Oh nope, they expired. Never mind. Uh, I got one. <laughs> You can uh,
2: exchange them for a thirty percent discount to buy the game. Maybe that's what they'll, they'll
1: do. Yeah, it's possible, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with the my Nintendo stuff as they transition to this new realm that they're trying to i'm not holding my breath no me neither but
0: (laughs) i've i've wanted to for years i've loved club nintendo and everything i've i've wanted to see the potential and it just never freaking gets there but that's a whole different thing let's let's keep talking on games if you guys are okay let's switch over to another game that uh just like uh jk kind of caught me off guard i didn't really i mean i kind of i think there's a screenshot or two or a quick two second snippet in uh in the video in the presentation but snipper clips and and this is a twenty dollar game. Now that's the price point that's attractive. And the game actually looks to be pretty damn fun as a party game as well. Yeah. Indeed. So uh for those who don't know, Snipper Clips is more or less a uh puzzle game, but it's a co-op puzzle game, and you have two characters that are rectangles with a rounded edge on each side, and you can rotate their bodies and they've got goofy faces and it's all very cut out, obviously, and uh and you actually use each other to make to cut out yourselves to make more shapes that are maybe unique. And it's a physics puzzler. So, uh, for example, a basketball falls from the ceiling. you got to find a way to make your, your buddy a cup that can carry the basketball and throw it in the net, but you may need to actually have that guy uh, cut your other friend, or I guess yourself, into a form that can actually push the button to get the ball to drop in the first place. So, it's uh, it seems very involved. The only thing holding me back, and not to jump ahead you guys as far as opinions here, but... Uh, the only thing holding me back from this after I've watched the treehouse and stuff is just how much content will there be? If there's 20 levels, nah, eh, that's not good enough. But if there's like 50 plus, I mean, that could be uh, a good meaty experience for only $20. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, i personally have very high hopes regarding the content level because I didn't the first two, three levels they showed off when they got to the basketball level, which Full disclosure is where I stopped watching the video because I instantly knew I was buying this game and I didn't want anything else spoiled. Right. But just the fact that they went off in a direction I never would have expected with this whole, okay, now we're going to add some physics puzzles. I think that that indicates that there's going to be a lot in there. Uh, will it? I don't know. We will find out. But uh, what I would say is if you are listening to this podcast and you have not watched The Treehouse on Snipper Clips, Please pause this podcast and go watch (laughs) the treehouse on Sniffer Glips. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right,
0: all right. Don't advise that.
1: All right. (laughs) Uh, Afterwards then.
0: The podcast will be here. Go do it. You
2: watch
1: it while uh, you listen to the podcast. You could do that. Um, but honest to goodness, this thing is just dripping with charm. It is, uh, like it went to the top of my anticipation list just under Mario Odyssey uh, because it just looks that. Appealing. It's so creative and you don't see that sort of thing. It, to me, it feels similar feelings, though not obviously identical to my old Elibates days where I was like, yes, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for in terms of new experiences. Give me more something like this. And so I can't wait for it. And I, every day I'm checking online to see what day is this coming out, Nintendo? I know it's not launch, but it's supposed to be March. Can I expect it, you know, a week later, or do I have to wait until the end of the month? And if it was a launch game, I would just buy it uh, by itself, and that would be my launch uh, hmm. Switch game because that is how excited I am for this. It looks incredible.
0: Well, that is some glowing praise. I mean, that, that's exciting. It makes me more excited. Jamie, do you have any thoughts on uh, Snipper Clips?
2: I'm really excited for this because it was again. It was I thought it was one of those things too where they. It was one of the first things I think they started doing on the treehouse and said, like, what is this game? And I'm seeing now that uh, there's different modes so you can actually have two to four player uh, yeah. puzzles, which is kind of weird because I, I don't know how you, you'll really be able to how. uh That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, how often kill is, each other? Well, how often is that going to be able to happen, right? Because the system uh, comes with two controllers, right? And that's another thing with this game. It's another co-op game that they know that they can make and not have to worry about people not having controllers and things like that. So you're kind of already seeing that they're more confident making these little couch co-op games uh, because everyone's going to have two controllers out of the gate. And that's not something you really saw before. Uh, so that's really cool. And, um, I don't know if it's going to be online. I, I assume it's not. I feel like it's like that kind of game Nintendo usually doesn't put online, but, you know, may- maybe they'll have online. Uh, but it looks fun and, um, I can't wait to get in fights over it and, uh, solve puzzles yeah. together.
1: <laughs> the downside of being online, you can't strangle the person next to you. And I think a big part of this game is going to be strangling the person next to you. as they, you know, just you're like, no, I said 45 degrees that's clearly 42 degrees what is wrong with you? Do you not have any idea? So Hopefully um, scissors are not a pack-in
0: bonus item. (laughs) Uh, The treehouse really was what sold me. I mean, I I saw the again, there's a couple small snippets of it in the trailer, I think, or in the presentation Um, but I kind of caught up with this one afterwards and uh, it wasn't until I watched the treehouse footage that I really got to see how fun it can be with other people, and 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 just seeing those uh, those couple of folks tinkering with it and, and working as a team, and me getting frustrated with them because they weren't really doing it <laughs> as efficiently as I wanted them to. Yeah, <laughs> um, like scooping that basketball, for example. Right. But so, uh, but either push way, it
1: over there. What are you
0: doing? <laughs> but you know, I love I love the the term that uh, Jamie just said, the couch co op, and I can see this being exactly how I use it, and uh, and I'm so excited to just turn on the switch on day one hand the the right Joy-Con over to Erica and just sit down with this, well, not day one, I guess, because we don't know when it comes out, but you know what I mean, Yeah. on release date and just tinker with it. And um, and, and, and the other thing that the Treehouse really brought out that you don't really get from the screenshots, because it almost looks kind of gaudy and kind of ugly in some respects, but when you see it in motion and you see the facial expressions that just come out of nowhere, they have this personality that is just bonkers uh these characters and so i think that's one of the more fun things about it and we were watching the the treehouse actually together me and erica and we were we were literally laughing out loud at, at it all you know and that's just a video of other people watching it or playing it so
1: yeah and i have a good vibe about it in addition to the just funny expressions the animations on like how they move and stuff it's just hilarious like they'll they'll do some sort of creepy walk across the stage why there's no reason for that but it's it's amazing it's (laughs) like, like shifty eyes yeah it's great it's it's so oh it's just great it looks really cool and it's one of those things that is decidedly nintendo you know you look at it and you can't help but smile because it's like this is goofy but I'm okay with it being goofy I don't need it to be dark and gritty it's just hilarious so I'm really looking forward to that right I, are you specifically saying how you've seen snippets on purpose for snipper clips but I just thought that was
0: I, I can't help but say yeah I was All trying right. to think of a synonym but I just couldn't pull right. one out <laughs> so uh, snippets it are just it fits very weird right. uh I was just yeah, anyway, I'm going to stop myself before I make bad puns. All right. Um, but,
1: uh, yeah, any, anything else on clips guys? Just again, if you have uh, not seen that video, go watch it.
2: And it, it is another game where, you know, if you're excited at all about any of the haptic feedback kind of stuff, I'm kind of excited to just hold the Joy-Con to see how it feels when you make the cuts, because it's supposed to kind of rumble in such a way that it kind of feels like I mean obviously it's not going to feel like you're holding a pair of scissors or something but um I'm They're
0: bleeding yeah,
2: it's so real <laughs> uh That's but HD. like just maybe like the the way it might gradually kind of rumble from one side of the controller to the other uh sounds right. like it's just like another cool little thing about not like a game breaking kind of thing but it's just a kind of another little cool thing that I'd I'd like to try about it
0: well, that is exactly what Nintendo needs to be doing with the HD Rumble if they can succeed here, because we don't need it to, you know, to try overly hard to make us think that we're, you know, in like a Call of Duty game that we're really in the war torn world. You know, I mean, just just those nuances are what's going to make us. It's, that's what's going to pull us into the game. And if even snipper clips can succeed in that, that's pretty exciting. So hopefully you're, you're right, and just you know having that sense that that tactical feedback uh, of even just clipping these characters um, that'll be, I think, more important than. You know, rumbling for rumble's sake. Definitely, yeah. So let's go. Uh, let's go to another game that honestly should not be as controversial as it is, but um, but it's incredibly controversial for uh, for any uh, Wii U owners, pretty much, um, and many Nintendo fans. But uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe was finally unveiled, and that was a game that was not really um, a surprise, and we 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 didn't know what it was called or anything, but there was a lot of news about it before it even was revealed. But it's definitely. So far, shaping out to be less than expected and yet cost more than expected. So, uh, let's start with JK. What do you, I mean, first of all, you know, let me ask you this. Uh, when, when you speak about the game, let us know if you if you own the original on the Wii U, uh, if you bought the DLC and how much you play with it. And then, you know, that'll help give some context for this uh, discussion.
1: Okay. Well, I definitely bought the original because I love Mason Mario Kart and I got the DLC when it was, uh the pre release you can buy all of it at once kind of thing. Which by the way I will never do again because I have not even played half of the DLC. Oh for, for some it's reason so good. I just got yeah it, I, it it certainly appealed to me when I bought the stupid thing, but <laughs> like I just got caught up with other things and you know, life and other games and uh shameless plug for Paper Mario color switch, you should go play it. But I just, switch all right, that's I'm a Freudian sorry. slip. Yeah, there you hey. go. Color splash.
2: That's going to be the uh, <laughs> I the, smell the remastered remastered yeah. version,
0: where you can feel the only, the only thing they add is the
1: HD rumble for when you do the cutouts. You can feel or the, the
2: paint filling up the
1: the, the controllers. Uh, yeah. That's kind of cool. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I I own Mario Kart 8 and the DLC, so this is not for me. And I think that that's the one thing that. Kind of confuses me a little bit Not even confuses, I get why But it bugs me because the people Who are complaining about, oh this is the same thing And blah blah blah, this isn't for you Okay, this is for the people who missed Out on the Wii U, and there were a lot of us Or, or them, who missed Out on that, and this is amazing For them because they're going to get to play one of The best Mario Karts, I think um That they've released To date, Uh and they'll have All this really cool extra bits And they'll have two switchable, um, item blocks that you can, you can have a little more customization there. So for me, I think that I don't, I don't see any problem with this whatsoever as long as this doesn't become the trend. And given what we've seen so far from Nintendo, this isn't the trend. I mean, it is, you know, if Splatoon was Splatoon Deluxe instead of Splatoon 2, I would say, okay, there's a problem here. We need to, we need to put our feet down. But, This just looks like a really cool, uh, you know, bonus. Yeah. Let me stand
0: up for the the people in my camp a little bit. Uh, Just as a counterpoint, I understand what you're saying about it's not for people like myself who uh, bought Mario Kart 8 at launch. I bought the DLC at pre-order. I've played the hell out of everything, and I love the the game dearly. It's one of the best things that. It's probably my favorite Mario Kart of uh, of all of them. Uh however, if they didn't have such a revamp battle mode, which is a clear gimp of the original game, um, I would say that then fine. Then it really is just a you know, they added a few characters, that kind of thing, it's just a little fun. And it's it's just meant for people who missed it the first time around. But that battle mode is supposed to be enticing, I think, to people like myself, and charging sixty bucks really makes it hard to swallow when when we don't know when the next Mario Kart 9 or Nintendo Kart or whatever they're gonna do. We have no idea if that's even coming. Uh, because the Mario Karts tend to come early on uh, in the life cycle so that they can kind of play out and be, be sold throughout the whole thing. And I mean, maybe E3 might change that or something. Cause, but, but you know, actually, I don't know. I mean, that's only going to be six weeks after this game releases, and I don't know if they're going to want to yeah. eat into those sales. But uh, it's I guess because it's so dark as far as what's in the future, to me it feels like this could be the Mario Kart we get for a while, and that that's hard to, to swallow at $60 when when i again i with smash brothers for example if they do a deluxe for that which is rumored i didn't buy any of the dlc for that so i'm i'm more than okay jumping in on that cuz i'll feel like i get a good value out of it but this one yeah opposite so i see your point but man i it doesn't make me feel any better
1: <laughs> so it sounds like uh you you already understand the idea behind it with smash brothers since you didn't buy the dlc yeah but again because you bought the dlc like i did uh, it's, uh, yeah, but I know what you mean. That battle mode does look fun and, oh, uh, it's, it's tempting. It sure is. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, uh, the good news is I think that because it's releasing so early, if we're ever gonna see some selects on Switch, that, that's gonna be one of the first ones. So, you know, we might have to wait a little longer, but. Oh, here's a good follow-up question. That sort of, are you going to sell your Wii U, or are you going to hang on to that? Oh, I don't sell anything. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, it's so.
0: it's it'll collect dust as a collector's <laughs> item, more or less. But well, since there's no backwards compatibility too, yeah. I do mm-hmm. want to keep it. And there's some games I, I'm still gonna I'm gonna keep it out when I got the Switch because I still have things to play on it. But um, no, that's a good question, Jamie. How about yourself? Are you uh, getting rid of your Wii U? Uh,
2: no, no, I think yeah, like the lack of backwards compatibility. I mean, it kinda kills that. Like you need to keep it around if you want to play some of these older games and uh there yeah, there's still games that I didn't get to play. Like I I'm playing Yoshi's Willy World. I mean, that game's been out kinda for a while now. Um, but I haven't played uh I think the other ones I was looking at were Bayonetta. I haven't played that. Um I haven't played Paper Mario. I'm not a huge Paper Mario fan, but uh Yeah, there is You will be. <laughs> no, you. Will be. Oh gotten. Nice Yoda impression. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I want I definitely want to keep it around, especially you know, it, I live in a two gamer household here with uh, me and Amanda. So uh, you know, the more gaming devices, the better, because we can both kind of be playing different things at the same time. So I, I like keeping it around. Definitely. Sure. Um, for Mario Kart. I got I got to agree with Steven. I think sixty bucks is a kind of a big pill to swallow for. Um, and I agree, Mario Kart Eight probably my favorite Mario Kart. Um, like I think it's missing a lot of things that I liked about other versions, like mission modes or, or things like that. But uh, in terms of like the main racing, it's probably my favorite, and we still play mm-hmm. it. Amanda's playing it right now. <laughs> um, but with the DLC, probably put like. 75 to 80 dollars into the original version um and there's not that much new content in the new ones so you're getting battle mode and you're getting a couple new characters and maps um but i think you could probably argue that the vanilla mario kart 8 experience was already kind of light on content compared to other Mario Kart games, so having that original version at $60 was probably probably the most expensive Mario Kart for, you know, what you got out of the box. Um, so, I don't know, I, I spent 75 to 80 on on all of that first game, so um, what I I'd, I'd really hope they do is, like, if you got the game digitally... Maybe they throw like a little discount your way because, you know, making that game doesn't cost Nintendo as much as making, you know, a full on sequel. So, uh, I mean, you've already seen precedent for like uh, you look at like Wind Waker HD or something like that where they've uh, priced it a little more aggressively because it's a remake or a remaster and, and that's an older game. But uh, I, I think there's I think it's for, for people who haven't played it. You know totally worth that much money, and, and you can get games on sale at Best Buy and, and things like that, Amazon. But uh, yeah, if, if I could get a discount for that game digitally, I'd totally jump on it because you know, it's that battle
0: mode does look really tempting for me. The game is, is so good at its core that I could almost justify it. I, I just don't know why they didn't have even four more tracks, one more cup, because I think if you included like say a splatoon style level uh, it, you know just like they did with like a zelda for the dlc and stuff like that if, if they had just done a little bit more i could justify this in the in the sense that hey i'll have it on the go which is a real plus mm-hmm. and that's worth some money um it is an awesome game regardless and if i'm going to have my switch as my primary console uh you know i'm not going to necessarily have my wii u out to play mario kart anymore um the the game itself, you know, like I said, is fantastic. The battle mode will be there. There's a lot of things, but without that kind of extra main mode, or I guess main stages or whatever, which can't be that... I mean, I'm not saying that they're easy to develop, but they, they seem to really, you know, masterfully made the DLC track. So if, if they couldn't pull that together, I just feel like either, either they're just botching up uh, what this could mean for all the people who bought it beforehand, or... Perhaps there's something like like I kind of alluded to, maybe there's something coming down the line and they're saving this for that. Like the fact that you wouldn't have a Splatoon you'd have the Splatoon characters because they're popular, but you wouldn't have a Splatoon track. Is Nintendo gonna move towards a Nintendo cart? And is that gonna be coming sooner than later? And maybe they're saving it for that sort of things. So who knows? It's just hard to say, but man, right now it's just really hard for me to to justify
1: the money. I have it pre ordered, but I'm
0: my finger's on the button of cancel or not, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let me but without sounding like a Nintendo apologist, let me run one more thing by you guys. First of all, uh Mario Kart 8 is still $60 on the Wii U. So they have not dropped that price at all. And I think that speaks to one of the articles that Trent wrote, uh, Secret Tunnel wrote on his site, uh, about Nintendo knowing the quality of their work and then not just discounting things. But I just went online real quick while you guys were talking and looked. And you can get $25 to trade in Mario Kart on the Wii U right now, so my question to you is: Would you be willing to spend forty dollars or what is it, forty five dollars on no thirty five? Well, whatever the math is, because math is not my thing. Yeah, thirty five. Yeah, I do art. Um, <laughs> uh, so would you be willing to spend thirty five dollars on this game and just give up your Wii U copy since it's gonna be the same thing? Absolutely not. All right.
0: There. As a as a collector, I can't do that. It, it breaks mm-hmm. like a cardinal rule in my DNA. I have, uh, so I'd have to, but talk, I, I see your point there.
2: <laughs> I'd have to talk theoretically because we got our game uh digitally. So I have it uh, okay. on. So, gotcha. you know, there are definitely no, no sale like retail or anything like that. But, um, right. Yeah. For, I, I think it's worth that much. Um, like I think 45, I think that 45 to 50 is probably a little easier to imagine. It's just, yes, they haven't dropped the price. But I mean you could argue that sixty was a lot for that game, considering it didn't have a battle mode and it didn't have some of these other features well, that you usually get out of Mario
1: Kart. Um so you But know. was it sixty dollars in fun or was it It actually was, know. yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's more you could say for some things, like yeah. I'm not sure I'm gonna get sixty dollars in fun out of uh, you know a one two switch or something, or however much it costs.
0: Yeah, I will, right. definitely, so,
1: I will say, I will definitely get $20 of fun out of Snipperclips, and if you haven't seen The Treehouse yet, you should go look at it. Okay. <laughs>
0: you know what? Let's just talk about that game some more. How about that? <laughs> just the whole um, podcast. Excuse me. Anyway. Well, no. You know i And so, yeah. We, we should probably move on to the next game, because I don't yeah. want to keep this to be some stretched out... I mean, everyone's talking about this in the same yeah. way, you know? So, yeah. the last thing I'll say, though, I did throw a poll out there on the Negative World asking, are you buying Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? Because for me... Honestly, I would I would justify myself at sixty dollars if there's a lot of people from Negative World who I'd be able to play with, because that would kind of rejuvenate the online space some more. And um twenty people voted, and seven of them said yes, day one purchase. Zero said yes, certain that I'll buy it by holiday or fall. One person voted that yes, but it won't be till after two thousand uh, till two thousand eighteen or later. But a whopping twelve said no, not planning to at all. So um the you know the the pool of gamers that we are familiar with will be smaller if people buy this, but uh, you know I still got time and and part of me you know wants to know I guess more about the multiplayer aspect of it because you know I could still see that being a lot of fun. Me and me and Erica are constantly saying, "Oh, we got to put that game back in and play that and everything." And uh, to go into an old battle mode with her might just trick me into into letting this happen
2: (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's the thing like you're getting it for the battle mode basically because you know the racing is fun but you know uh you've done that already you know it's kind of like you're not going to get anything new out of the racing experience so essentially it's is the battle mode worth that much to you and is having it on the switch that
0: that much to you so I think if I just decide to take, you know, X paychecks, divide the game by that, and then say, okay, I'm only really paying that much, yeah. you know, each paycheck.
1: So it's, it's, not too it's bad. only twenty five cents for the rest of your life, so just go for it.
2: <laughs> it's really like a nickel <laughs> per race, really. So they, you think yeah. about it that way. Yeah.
0: So fair enough. So let's uh let's there's no easy segue from that. But um let's talk about another game that uh definitely surprised us, I think. Um I forget how the trailer kind of emphasized it. If we knew it was what it was before the finale, kind of when the logo came up, but Xenoblade 2. Not Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles, but it's Xenoblade 2. Um, there's not much known about this, but clearly it seems to be some sort of sequel to uh, to Shulk's Adventures in the, with Monado, which I think was the official title of that one. Um, but uh, did, did you guys, I guess, again, for context, I think it's helpful to have this when you, uh, let's hear your thoughts, but tell us, did you buy Xenoblade Chronicles? Did you buy Xenoblade Chronicles X? And maybe, you know, what do you think? And and would you rather have had a new one, uh, sequel to X or, you know, and mind you, I haven't beaten X fully. And, uh, you know, I honestly, I don't know if there's people who have still waited for Xenoblade. So maybe we won't talk spoilers or anything about how they might link up, but what do you think,
1: JK? Yeah. Uh, okay. So first of all, excuse me, I, uh, we definitely bought Xenoblade Chronicles and then Xenoblade Chronicles X. I'm just gonna call them the original and X probably because it's easier. Um, and in our household, because my wife is a big RPG fan, we both, uh, preferred the first one to the second one, but we both got a lot of, uh, fun and joy out of both of them because we play RPGs like that longer ones together usually, especially when they're more action oriented because she prefers turn based. So if it's turn-based, she usually takes over and I do something else in the background. Um, but with these, we played together pretty much the whole way through. And so it was a great experience. And I can say with absolute certainty we will get Xenoblade 2 because of those great experiences we've had so far. As far as it being a direct sequel or not a direct sequel and how X and regular original, and uh it's kind of a mess. <laughs> I wish they had either continued... A, separate thing off of xenoblade or just not use two that just makes (laughs) things hard but um if it is a direct sequel without you know going into any spoilers i'm not sure how they're going to do it because anybody who has completed the original xenoblade has seen the ending and how you continue from there i'm not sure but uh if anybody can do it i believe that they can
0: yeah i mean just a quick note I, i would wonder if it's I mean, it looks like there's something Monado-like uh, in the trailer, so I mean, who knows if it's literally the same exact you know timeline as far as uh, you know what Marty McFly might experience, or if it's actually maybe an alternate skew from something. You know, who Could knows be? if it's like you know, or maybe just a different area of that universe. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, and- I don't know. It'll be that's actually one of the most exciting parts of all this to me is just how the, I want to see how they're going to link it.
1: Right. And I remember hearing uh reading an interview with the the people who make the series and they wanted it to be like um uh more like a Dragon Quest thing where you recognize stuff from each of the games, but it's not going to be direct continuations. And that was their plan with X. They were going to say, This is set in what we're considering the Xenoblade universe, but we're not going to say that it's a direct sequel or anything. Since they put the number two on there, I really feel like that means we're getting a sequel and it's no longer that whole. Because why else would you do two? That makes no sense otherwise. So I think that that's the case. And one last thing I wanted to mention, and then I'll throw it over to Jamie, is uh, to talk a little bit about the art style. Because I know that it's kind of gotten a little flack or people have been really excited about it. And I'm one of the people who are really excited about it because I feel like it's exciting that they're trying something different. What I would hate to see is Xenoblade become uh, similar to how the current Final Fantasy thing is, where all the games are just pushing, how close can we get to this one particular style? I don't play Final Fantasy games, but I remember when I saw Final Fantasy IX, uh, just the box art, I thought, wow, that looks cool and different, I would try that one. And then you look at Final Fantasy X and XI and XII and XIII and and XIV and XV, And it's the exact same thing, but it's shinier each time. And they are different worlds and things, and they have different styles in regards to setting. But, man, Final Fantasy IX looked really cool because it was different and unique. So if Xenoblade 2 is a direct sequel to Xenoblade 1, I'm glad that they're at least trying a different art style. So that it's not just, oh, we're going to just release another Xenoblade every few years, and it's going to pretty much be the same thing with a few tweaks I, I like the fact that they're they're trying new stuff. So I'm for the visual style in in two. I'm gonna give it a shot. Uh, will it be the same? No, but that's okay too. So
0: is, is the main complaint just the faces? I just think so. Item? It I me. Mean, I'm looking at the trailer again, and I, I encourage people to maybe watch it and pause it and everything. And I mean, the graphics of the objects and then the nopon and all that yeah. stuff—they all look fine. Yeah. It just looks it looks a little more like Harvest Moon or Rune Factory as far as the character design to me. But, um, yeah, I don't really... I mean, I don't know. You can get past that, right? You're hacking and slashing. you got beasts that are, like, as tall as mountains. I mean, you know, it's not going to make or break it for me. I think so. It's,
1: How about you, Jamie?
2: It's definitely more cartoony than even the original. Uh, but then, like, if you look at the original, um, you know, there, there's only so much i guess graphical fidelity that they really had with like all the people in that game so even the people in that game looked really kind of like p s2 ish because it was the scope of that game was so big so you were really kind of meant to look at that game from like everything zoomed out you're looking at the world and things like that uh, and this game i i'd agree the, the environments all seem really similar to what we've had before and it, it's just the people kind of look like something you'd see more out of something like Kingdom Hearts or, or something like that with like the the baggy clothing, but like I think the faces and everything look great. I think they they look way better. The faces in Xenoblade X were terrible. They were awful. Everyone we're had dead. everyone had like no, and I could say a couple of things. I don't want to spoil that game, where it kind of makes sense why they look that way, but um, like everyone is so emotionless and. Yeah, like, I didn't care about anyone. Just watching this trailer already, you see emotion in the characters' faces and things like that. And that's already got me kind of invested in, you know, the story and and what's going on. Because, you know, X was definitely not that kind of story-driven game like the first one was. So it's really cool to see them hopefully kind of going back towards... Uh, the original where it felt like they were going back to those old JRPGs where, like Final Fantasy and it's like you have a linear story that your character is gonna follow. But yeah, there's RPG elements, but it's not so open-ended like a, like a more of a Western game. So that's what, that's what I really liked about the first one that I didn't get out of the second one. So I'm, I'm really excited to see them go back towards that and have the original, uh, music composers back without dropping. Is that confirmed? That is um in the trailer they do have um some names splash up and I think those are people who worked on the first game. I, I could be wrong. Okay. I they, well, they I don't have some are coming they out, don't but... have like Mitsuda on there but um I can look that up. It doesn't sound like there's any uh cursing or rapping in the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Yeah sorry that game left a sour taste in my mouth by the end of that I was I was ready to move on.
0: From that I game. need to get back into Chronicles X, and I, I do enjoy that game, but man, you, you touched on a couple of points, uh, and I'll just kind of reiterate here, but the reason that I'm hyped for this is, uh, for one, I really valued the story-driven gameplay of Xenoblade Chronicles. I, I felt much better being... You know, kind of Shulk's brain and eyes and everything, and then and, and going along with a ragtag team, a ragtag team of misfits. You know, uh, I, I like I like that it was Ryan time. You know, and, yeah, um, the best. And in Xenoblade Chronicles X, and again, for part of partially story reasons, you kind of you work it out in your brain of why you know they decided to, to make it to so the main character was a bit more of you to you to decide and everything, and and that worked for that, I suppose, but it still wasn't. I didn't enjoy it as much. And, uh, so to have that story base back where there's a definitive kind of arc, like an epic arc for this one character to go through, uh, that is not me. And, and I can kind of just experience almost like a movie, which I didn't really feel like I was doing that with the Xenoblade Chronicles X. Um, very excited for that. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X did have these big open spaces that were not really limited like in Xenoblade Chronicles where even like, uh, the bionic knee or Bionic knee or whatever, um it was big but it was still kind of just a set area that um didn't seem to connect fluidly you had load screens between the next area that kind of thing uh xenoblade chronicles x did not have that as much and from the trailer i feel like they might try to merge the two a bit more where you will be kind of filtered through but in xenoblade chronicles you're kind of you're kind of on a linear path and uh, and i think that they're going to have some sort of medium here where you might have some free free play and that's just frankly really exciting as well and just looking at this trailer in uh one minute 17, kind of right near the end of it, just that tree just looks so epic. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's, it's instantly more interesting to me than, than a lot of the Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X locations, which were these big continents, but, uh, I don't know. They didn't feel as epic as, as climbing around on the Bionis and the Makonis in the original. So I, I'm, I'm more than ready to be back and they've already got my money. I, literally, I did... Well, not literally, but I do have it pre-ordered.
2: If they can get this out in the first year of this system, then it's like... That would be amazing. Like, you compare the first year of the Wii U to the Switch, and it's like night and day difference in terms of the content that's already going to be available for it, and it's like, that's exciting to have that potentially so soon, whereas it felt like we waited forever for for the first game, and then we waited forever for the second game because all they really showed for a couple years is a bunch of people walking around. Like, every trailer was just like, all right, yeah, they're walking around some more. And, uh <laughs> sure are. It's, it's great. Are those new
0: shoes? Sometimes There's not even graphic. any
2: shoes at all, right? It's just, you can.
0: There's a graphic going around Twitter right now that uh, I think one of those more famous twi- uh, Twitter folk um, in the Nintendo world made. And more or less it shows, like, Xenoblade... You know, first year, and then it shows the equivalency on the Wii U and says like third year, whenever it came out, you know? And the, the, the point of the graphic, and it sells it pretty well, is that in the first year, if, if Nintendo holds true to all their promises, in the first year, the, the Switch is incredibly, yeah, I know. Uh, the Switch is incredibly strong compared to the Wii U, which you had to wait years for some of these franchises to show up. So if that's just the first year, you know, what does that mean for, for the remaining years of the Switch? So that's, it was a really great image for being hyped up.
1: I think another really cool thing, and it's a little side note here, is if this is the first year and we're getting the Mario Karts uh, pending online, uh and then the Zeldas and the Marios, that means that we're either going to see some new IPs or we're going to see some franchises maybe we haven't seen in a while because they, they've they given us the things usually we wait for. So I don't know. Maybe we, we have some stuff to really look forward to coming coming along.
0: Well I'm glad you mentioned that because uh the last comment I'll make on this, um I guess not even Xenoblade related, but uh I I'm pretty firmly under the belief that Kimishima is really uh focused on getting franchises out there that have not been touched in a while. I think to him he see he came into the Nintendo and said, These are untapped potential. Even if they don't they're not the million sellers or anything, you devote some time to this, you get people revamped, you you get this you get out of this idea that they were just a Mario and Zelda company. And so I think we might see, uh, like like the next game, uh, well, not the next game, but one of the games on on our list is Bomberman. You know, if you get a Bomberman game on there, we haven't seen that in forever. Uh, and it may not sell very well, or, or, or I guess it may not be a, a bombastic uh, <laughs> seller, but – but still, just the fact that that's on there instantly raises the value of the system itself in people's minds saying, "Well, man, that had a Bomberman game. That's pretty cool." And if you if you pop those out, I think that'll make the switch over its you know whole arc uh, way more meaningful to, to people, and it'll attract maybe some people who haven't been there uh, in a while on a Nintendo console because they're just kind of, you know, I mean, I, I guarantee there's a gamer out there who said, "You know what? I'm going where Bomberman's going because he just loves it that much." There's got to yeah. be at least one gamer like that. And I think, you know, they're not just letting those folks go to the wayside
1: right that's a great point
0: so um that's why we're seeing this and i think uh you know a year from now we'll be even more hyped i mean i'm a very positive person on this podcast i I understand that but i don't think that's going to change i think it's just going to get better i agree so uh shall we move forward uh to dragon quest i don't have much to say about this so you know either you guys can can mention why we should care i guess um it, we don't have an American confirmation yet, right?
1: Uh, you know, that's a good question. I do I don't, not know. I
0: don't think we do. Is it confirmed for
2: America on PS4? No idea. I don't Trick know. Uh, yeah. but we, need, we need a hardcore it, Dragon it Quest.
1: It has been
2: confirmed, and yeah. this is, I think, just within the past couple days. Um, in addition to... And this is... From what I read, I think this is accurate. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So... Region locking on the system is out. We can import right. games physically, right? That they announced that. Uh, but there was also an article that says when you create a user account, um, you pick a country that your user account is affiliated with. And then the eShop is going to reflect, uh, whatever country it is that you selected. So if there is an exclusive game that comes out in, like, let's say they release Rhythm Heaven or something like that. And it's digital only you could create japanese nintendo account and download that game so um oh, that doesn't gonna, like so that doesn't mean it's gonna the be, system next to it right so you'll just have like a, a user account for like every country i guess um so that doesn't mean it's going to get like localized like in terms of the uh like translation or anything but you know for people who really want to it looks like you know you'll be able to Import games digitally um, with that little like workaround
1: and I think that uh the fact that Dragon Quest is now coming along pretty uh significantly on the three d s it lends itself nicely to the idea that maybe we will get a translation. Um, you never know, but I think that that's possible. I will say of Dragon Quest, and this is really my only comment. Um, my wife loves the series, she's just a big fan, so. If they do come here, we will own all of them, I'm sure. And on those days, I will be very happy for the off-screen play ability.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah. I w- that, that's exactly what I was thinking with, with, you know, we already have like a few RPGs, like maybe like three or four like RPGs that are coming to the Switch. And, you know, if I didn't have off-CV play for Xenoblade, I don't know if I ever would have finished that game because it's so, it's such a long game. These games are like 80 hours long. And like any any extra hour that you have to play that game is like significant progress to try to get to the end. So uh I wholeheartedly agree with that uh in terms of just that kind of game being really, really nice for the system. And uh and I think it's like these like especially looking at Dragon Quest or or any of these games that they look so big and they look like they just cost so much money to make. And it's like, I don't know how they could afford not to put these on different platforms at some point to help monetize the, the creation of these games. I mean, I think there's a pretty big reason why you see Final Fantasy 15 on Xbox and PlayStation now rather than just the one because, you know, it just makes it worth building that huge cinematic world and all that stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we see, you know not only, you know, the switch version but it also goes to uh all regions as well just to you know, it's such a huge franchise i couldn't imagine them not doing it.
0: Do you know if the graphical style is the same on the switch version as it is the PlayStation 4?
2: They haven't really talked about it. I don't think they've showed anything, but i i think it's going to look similar. It's probably not going to look as detailed Um, like, I think the comparison might be something between, like, playing a PC game on, like, medium to high settings versus probably playing it more on, like, low settings, so maybe you might get things that are more, like, more significant, like, pop in or draw in, things like that. Um, but looking at the PS4 version, you know, it, they could do this on, I think they could do it on Switch. If they can do something like, um, Xenoblade, looking at how that looks. Um, in terms of the huge worlds and things like that, I'm, I, I think they can definitely do it. And if maybe you know the shading isn't going to look exactly, the, but I think the core game is totally doable on Switch. And you know, if they announced it, you know, I it's definitely not going to look like the 3DS version because <laughs> you know the Switch is definitely more capable than than what that's doing. Um, so you know, I, I imagine it's going to look pretty similar.
1: And Jamie, one thing you had said a little earlier that I think was a really great point and you should touch on again is uh just how big of a franchise this is for Nintendo to have.
2: Oh yeah. I mean here I mean we all all of our Dragon Quest history basically comes from like that first game, I think for most people when they think of they, they think of Dragon Warrior and you know, if you were getting Nintendo power when you were a kid and that's how we got Dragon Warrior was on NES. They it was like a free game with Nintendo Power. And I never knew how to play it back then, but you know, that was like my first um experience of that kind of game. But like in Japan, that is like national holiday like type of game. It's like such a huge deal to have that back on a Nintendo home console. And then if you it's crazy to think about what that does to the Switch's library in terms of like they're going to have Dragon Quest. They're going to have probably Monster Hunter back on on Switch cuz that was a big 3DS game. They're going to have Zelda. They're, you know, it's in terms of a Japanese centric kind of console, I couldn't imagine that user base not going crazy for this console cuz it's like every big game that they really really care about. And if you also think about if Pokemon Stars is like a real thing that's coming to Switch, that's another like big, big, big game. And it's a huge deal for like just that library in general. I mean, the last time Nintendo's home console had Dragon Quest was on, was on the Super Famicom probably. So it's, uh, it's been a while and you know, they've been putting them on the handhelds, which is great. Great games, I haven't played them myself, but they look really good, but you know getting them back to that big event graphical fidelity like it shows people we're really taking this seriously, and it's it's like a big deal for them, I think
0: I'm not gonna lie uh looking at that trailer that you linked um Jamie in the in the you know the chat as we have this conversation, it actually looks pretty good. I uh, i I know very little about Dragon War, I'm I'm completely ignorant and or Dragon Quest or whatever. And uh <clears throat> just from a just from a visual standpoint it actually looked very appealing, so I think I should look into uh these a bit more. And um uh, maybe I will. I'll have to have a, a good sit down with Matthew. But um but hey, so uh we're we got a few more games in this segment, but honestly it's going a little long uh and we have some bigger names to uh to touch on and so I wanna make sure that we don't run out of time. So Let's just kind of, you know, let's blast through these next three. And uh starting with that, Superman Man R, uh, JK, thoughts?
1: Yeah, I love Bomberman 64. Like, that was one of my most played games on the system. But I honestly haven't really touched a Bomberman since, uh you know, we got that weird one that was all realistic in style, and then I just kind of stopped paying attention. So I'm actually really excited about this. I don't think I'll get it at launch, uh, right away, but I think that it will be one that fills a gap whenever there's an inevitable drought that all systems have. And I think I'll go back to it and then get some old friends over and say, Hey, remember those back in those old days? Let's try it again. So
0: mm. Jamie, do you, uh, play Barman ever?
2: Um, My only experience with Bomberman was 64, and I thought it was awesome. Mm -hmm. I I like that style of Bomberman more than, I guess, the retro style with, like, that more grid-based gameplay. I kind of like when the bombs kind of have that more, like... I know that's probably blasphemy amongst Bomberman fans, (laughs) but, like... Blast for me? Um. Oh, man. That's that's pretty good. Uh, I quit. Goodbye. I kind of like, you know, when the bombs are radial and you're always trying to run away, so I... I like that kind of. So th- this doesn't. I don't know if it appeals to me. I like hearing. I think there's like a co-op like story campaign, which could be cool, but uh, not on not on my hit list. If if, I, if it went on sale, I'd check it out.
0: Yeah, right now with like the Amazon Prime discount and everything, you can get it for forty dollars at launch. Mm. But uh, and that's actually kind of appealing. But like you, the only Batman I ever really got att- attracted to was Bomberman sixty four. And if I could get that on the virtual console, I'd do it instantly. But
1: that's not
0: uh, this, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I do need to take some time and, and just try to find a, a cart. You know, I mean, they gotta exist out there. You know, at, at retro game uh, shops. So I, I'd rather spend twenty bucks on that than forty on this right now, just because. Um, yeah, the old school just never really got me. Yeah, I want to like it. I'm really excited for Bomberman fans, though. Like I really, yeah. like I said previously, I'm excited that this is on the system. But it's just not really going to nab me. So, uh, Sonic Mania, we want to mention that. That is, that's what, that's the new Sonic game that's very old school. I feel like they've tried this before. Yeah. But it actually looks really damn good.
1: Is there anything Sonic related they haven't tried yet? I'm pretty sure they've tried pretty much everything that you could possibly do. Racing and and Sonic, uh, or Shadow. Um, for me, this isn't, this isn't day one for me either, um, I enjoyed the Sonic games back in the day even though back then the Genesis was the enemy. Uh but it's just uh I don't I don't know. I guess I'm burned out on Sonic and I just it this isn't going to get me back into it. Jamie.
2: Oh, uh so I I have had my eye on this before it was announced for Switch and uh so, I don't, they haven't exactly tried this yet. Uh, I think the closest thing they really had to this was, uh, Sonic Advance, where, you know, it felt, it controlled like the old Sonic games, and they kind of tried it a little bit with Sonic 4, which was awful. It was just really, really, really bad. Um, but it, it looks like they've actually teamed up with, I think the developers of this game, they actually specialize in making these, like, Sonic fan games and retro games, and, like, when you look at the physics and all that kind of stuff, it plays a lot like the original Sonic games, which, you know, love it or hate it, you know. I I love those old games, and um just, like, how it feels with the momentum and everything, uh, I'm super pumped for it. And um now that it's coming out on Switch, I think that's, like, a great home for this kind of game, where I might just want to pick up and play it, or play it off TV or something like that. Um I don't know how I feel about playing it without a D pad, that's the only thing. It's like a side scroller. I like having that retro kind of controller, but um I'm excited for it. I think it looks it's you know, I love Mega Man nine. It's that kind of game where it's everything you loved about the original, but with you know it's almost like you look at it and it's kind of how you remember those games being, like widescreen and and all that kind of blast processing. It's gonna be awesome. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> It does it does look kind of like the same vein as Mega Man 9 and 10. Uh and I think that's what's what's getting me excited. It looks like this is the first Sonic game that they've made that actually looks like it is a true direct sequel. You know, a lot of other things they always try to do things a little bit different and just to be for the sake of being different and um it never seems to work that well, but this looks like if they just kept making them and they just kept making them good that this could be it. So I'm actually incredibly excited for this. I didn't even know this game was really happening until the Switch kind of hinted at it. And then I realized, oh, this was announced pre- uh, previously. I just don't follow Sonic much anymore. But uh, that paired with the fact that I finally decided to play um, the 3D Classic Sonic 2 right now. Ooh. Um, I'm I'm so psyched for this. And this will be day one. This is spring 2017. And I will be there. Uh, I will not be square will be Sega
1: oh yeah I should totally everybody on three should just do the Sega thing ready one two three Sega, Sega. Yeah, all right two of us that's I'm, not, I'm not the doing best it. part Sorry. all right fine. okay
0: well <laughs> I was a Genesis kid so. Oh,
1: I see well I quit Goodbye. I
0: wasn't as much <laughs> I wasn't as much
2: a Genesis kid as I just was a Sonic kid because like I, I never had any real other Genesis games besides besides like uh prime time with uh, Dion Sanders football fantastic game uh but uh yeah it was it was all sonic and uh it was all about like the characters and you know that's uh crazy to play a retro sonic game on a nintendo system we won you guys we did it <laughs> nintendo nintendo won they won 15 years ago but uh but we did it
0: okay so um we good to just end there and then we'll take a quick break and we'll jump in with the last 3 games we got to talk about? Sounds good. Sure, we can right.
2: try to rifle through them if you want.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean I might have like one thing to say about each, but uh I'll think about it over the break. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, welcome back, and uh, we're in the final segment. And just like in episode ninety-eight, we're going to go through kind of the more heavy hitters. Uh, but in this case, we're going to throw Splatoon two at the front of the line instead of um, you know Mario or Zelda. We'll get to them, but Splatoon two. It was announced. We kind of knew it was coming, but it's not a deluxe edition like Mario Kart, for example. And it is an all new game. And I just got to my five hundred and eighty-second hour. On uh, my Splatoon one this morning, so uh, I think I between that and maybe the last podcast, I don't have that much more to add. But I'm I'm just really excited for this game, obviously, and I'm excited to try to beat my record um, since I'll have more time with the the Switch than I have with the Wii U and, and Splatoon. Um, but I just think it's really awesome that they've kind of cultivated this IP, and I and I see growth. It's really nice that it's not an IP that just kind of popped into fruition and then never existed again, but they are really going to, this thing is going to be around for a while, and I don't know if you guys have had, uh, well, I know Jamie in particular has had uh, some significant experience, I think, with the game, but in fact, he's the one who made the Splatoon 1 game thread, I believe, but uh, this is this is a fantastic series, and and Splatoon 2 is looking to shape up really nicely, a lot of new stuff. Um, a couple of recurring things, but remix stuff. So I don't know. I'm just really psyched for it. I really don't have much more to say than I did last episode, so I'll, I'll throw it to you guys, uh, Jamie. Since you're more of a resident fan, I think, than J.K., why don't you start us off with uh, your opinions? What you know? Um, did you well, did you watch the Treehouse by the way?
2: Uh, a little bit. I mean, I I don't know if I watched a lot of the Splatoon stuff. Um, I, I kind of watched enough to kind of get an idea of you know, what it because it was really good
0: stuff, but. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, some of the you new know, attacks, new weapons, that kind of stuff's all awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's Splatoon. I mean, it's like, it, it, I'm curious to see, like, how much, cause I know it's, they say two, but, um, have they talked about, like, new maps and things like that? Is it going to be completely new maps or I can't imagine that a lot of the old maps aren't going to make a comeback, um,
0: but well, So this is what's disappointing is I don't think that Nintendo successfully emphasized this because, I mean, you have you have to pull it from all the different media, but it wasn't really clear in the presentation. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it's all new. Uh, they're going to they're going to do a rollout thing like they did before mm-hmm. as far as, you know, it's going to have X amount of content at launch. And then new things are going to be coming periodically. But, uh, no, it, it's it's all new stages. They are going to have some come back, but it's not going to be every single one of them or anything. I think it's going to be somewhat related to the polling they did for the final Splatfest where they got to hear from everybody what their favorite maps were mm-hmm. because the one thing, the one stage that was on every one of those regions, there was Japan, US, Europe, and uh, other, and there was, I forget if there was more than just one, but Moray Towers was one that was on every list in the top five, and that is a stage that we got a glimpse of, but it now has the, the zip lines from the single yeah. player mode incorporated into it, which is really neat. And if they can do that, you know, in any other levels, it'll just be awesome. But I'm I'm wondering if they're going to have new maps that are more traditional maps, but then they might bring up some old ones, a handful, maybe four at most or something, but incorporate new elements into those in order to make them feel fresher.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm excited to have them like streamline aspects of the first game that were you know I don't, I don't want to sit through. You know, some guy telling me about 800 weapons that are new since the last time I played. So I think, you know, if they streamline all that stuff and I don't have to watch... You know, maybe I don't have to watch Callie and Marie tell me about the new... Just have it on the screen, what the levels are. I don't have to wait five minutes before getting into the game. That's the kind of stuff I'm hoping to look forward to. I I wish the game looked... And this is stupid because the game looks awesome. Like it's Splatoon, it looks stylish and everything. I kind of wish it looked a little bit better in terms of like graphical
0: fidelity. It does seem like a you know it's it's baseline. It's not really an right. I mean, there. you
2: could you could put those two games right next to each other, and I I would totally believe that that's just the first game again. Um, but at the same time, maybe they're maybe on the one hand, the system, you know. They want to keep things running smooth and, you know, they don't want to tax it. Maybe it's not as super powerful as, you know, to really give us that big of a jump over it. Maybe it's just, you know, they don't want to tamper with the formula because part of that game is just how iconic it looks to people and they don't want to tinker with it because they don't want to like mess with the style of the game at all. So, so I get all that, but, uh, I'm, I'm super excited and to have it off TV is, uh, is pretty big because at some point, you know, if we ever wanted to get another switch, we could actually play it together because it's one of those games that doesn't have like split screen or anything like that. So, um, super pumped. Well, Yeah.
0: In my house right now, you know, Erica's got her own Wii U and that's in the living room and I've got my Wii U in my office here. And that's where I do a lot of gaming because I like having my computer and my console together. Um, with Splatoon, it's really easy to edit podcasts and do other things while I'm playing because of those breaks you get, uh, for example. But we finally picked up another copy of Splatoon for her just so we could play that together, which is kind of sad that we had to do that. But uh, luckily, we got a good deal on the second copy. But um, this will make it a bit easier because of the Switch and the functionality for us to uh, – I mean, she'll still need her own Switch, which she's planning to do. And we, we may or may not – I guess we would probably need our own Splatoon copies because uh, I can't imagine that you'd have – you know, download play or whatever, yeah. but um, but didn't they? Oh no, I guess they didn't. They didn't hint at any sort of split screen, did they?
2: I feel like, in general, from what I would guess from Nintendo, the the everything with the ink going on in the game and the physics and on all that stuff is probably just to you render to render system. that twice yeah. at the same time would probably. Either they'd have to cut the frame rate down a lot, or it would just run like crap. But that's just what I would guess.
0: Well, I mean, they did have the the two-player on the system. Uh, It wasn't really a great mode. They didn't have some sort of local. And what's exciting about that is I think that just the Joy-Cons themselves could be good enough to play with the buttons that they have on there. So maybe maybe the the two-player local co-op or local multiplayer... Will be good enough still because now you everyone's getting motion controls instead of just the Wii U, and that was always a problem for me and like my nephews and stuff. For everyone wanted the gamepad, nobody wanted to play with normal controllers. Yeah,
2: yeah. And if, um, if they can't get it online, which I would understand it in terms of like it being too taxing or, or something like that, it would be cool to be able to go if there's another campaign. Which the Splatoon campaign is really good. It's mm-hmm. way better than I thought it was going to be. It's not like the greatest thing ever, but it's like surprising amount of content and creative levels and stuff. If they could have that with co-op, that would be cool with like playing against or playing against bots or something like that.
0: I didn't consider that, but actually that's a really good idea. And the the big complaint with Splatoon 1 is really just that the single player wasn't deep enough. I mean, that really really is it. People just wanted more of that, but I, I hear very few complaints about the actual multiplayer. And I think... Based on what we've seen, we haven't seen a lot of the single player, but we've seen some cutscene clips. And just having those alone imply to me that they are going to take the single player a bit more seriously and maybe make more levels, maybe make more of a story to it. And I'm really actually excited, not just for the multiplayer, but for the single player that that's potentially out there. And if they threw in co-op, man, that would blow my mind.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: It's like it's like a squid parkour when you're playing the single player, and if people haven't played it and they've only played the multiplayer, they really should give that single it's player a shot. It's
2: surprisingly good, especially you get to the, some of the bosses are really good, and the final boss, it's like... Oh,
0: it's a riot. It's
2: great, and it's, like, difficult, and it's, like, it's, it's you know, um you'd expect it to just kind of be a throwaway thing, but there was, like, a ton of effort into it and the music if you like splatoon music play through the single player campaign you'll get like new tracks to listen to and things like that
0: if they made a splatoon game that was all single player like a full campaign i would actually buy it yeah it's, i mean it's it's fun just to romp around
2: it was like that. the levels are really good getting around that like world map is super confusing but
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but uh i was trying to do a speed run of the single player at one point just for fun and uh and just timing myself it was you know really off the cuff and everything but and i had a hard time remembering did i get that one did i get yeah this one? it's, I already, it's already super
2: confusing and yeah, yeah that could have been done way better it probably should have just been like a map selection or just easier to well, tell but, where the levels were but
0: i liked that it was a challenge in itself and it was fun to climb up the structures to get to these levels but i guess uh Maybe just a, a screen where you can just warp to different ones. Would be yeah, nice.
2: like once you get to them, probably. Oh,
0: yeah, oh, just a list, yeah. right? But um, anyway, super excited. Yeah, so very excited. Absolutely, for me, after Zelda, it's Splatoon Two. Over, over Mario, over Snipperclips. I know it's crazy, but Splatoon Two is is my number one uh, game after Zelda. So
2: Makes I sense. I agree. Yeah. I, it's probably my number two also.
0: So uh, Jk, you have anything you want to add about Splatoon Two?
1: No, I think you guys covered me. Probably, <laughs> Probably for the best. I, I guess I would add, uh I also am hoping for a, a more robust, I guess, single player. Um I don't know exactly what was going on in my life when I borrowed Splatoon to try it out and everything, but something just didn't work for me, and I think it, with you guys talking about how you, you had to find levels, I think maybe that's what it was, because I felt like just early on, I didn't have a single player mode. I was playing like these little tutorial levels or something and there wasn't actually a game there and it was all about multiplayer and everybody was, oh, oh, this is great multiplayer. So for me, I didn't get into the big Splatoon hype just because I, I just didn't get a chance to uh, learn it well enough in a single player mode or something. So I'm going to definitely give Splatoon 2 a shot. Uh, it's just, it's not going to be high on my list right now.
2: It's, okay. it's super easy to play the single player, forget about it, and then like put it aside for a couple months. Cause that's what I wound up doing. I didn't play it all at once, but like every now and then I would play a level here and there and be like, Oh yeah, I forgot that this is fun. But like in terms of like motivating you to play through the whole thing, there's really nothing going on in there that the game is doing. You kind of have to want to play it yourself. So that's why I'd want to see a better single player. But like once you get in it and you're playing the levels that there's like these sponges that get bigger as you soak them up and the zip lines, like there's all these cool things going on that the multiplayer doesn't have any
0: yet. And it, to your point, it really is hidden in, in the first one because um, I just started a, a new account on my girlfriend's system for my nephew. Cause when he came over, we wanted to play Splatoon and uh, do it with the full screen and everything. And uh, so I got to see all that again. And it had been well over a year since I saw the intro and all it does is just say, hey, there's a weird guy in a sewer over there. And if you don't talk to him and you just forget he exists, because he, he hides if you go too close to him. If you never think to step on that sewer and then, you know, go down into it, you'll miss the whole thing. Yeah. It's Nothing else points you there. Not the greatest
2: design, but it is fun if he can he can get into it.
0: Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, Splatoon 2, uh, I'm doing the pose. And I uh, and, uh, can't wait to play it, but... There's some other games that I can't wait to play, too. Let's talk about uh, Super Mario Odyssey, and let's start with JK. I'm not going to say anything about it. JK, you are super hyped, man. Uh, what What are you excited about with this game?
1: Uh I am so excited. Uh, the fact that, first of all, that that seems like they're going more in the 64 and Sunshine vein, uh, I really enjoyed Galaxy, and I enjoyed Galaxy 2 even more. Uh, I started getting burned out once we got 3, 3D World. Uh, it just, it was fun. But I was like, I miss Super Mario 64. So just first of all, the fact that it is slightly more open world and and exploration based, I'm so excited about. But beyond that, just the fact that they are going crazy, like they just seem to have lost their minds with this game. And I adore it (laughs) because they just they just did stuff and they were like, sure, okay, we'll put them in a city. Go for it. Uh, a weird painting world with giant vegetables? Go, oh, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, how about a weird uh, forest level? Forest of Illusion. Yeah, that looks like it came from either Zelda or Xenoblade or something. I don't care. Mario's there now. So uh, it's just every time it changed scenes, I was even more excited because it was like, wow, they're not they're not like shoehorning anything into anything. They're just letting it be and ah, it just seems like... They were excited when they made it, because they just they they took out all the stops and they said, "Go ahead, just see what happens uh, so I cannot wait for this game. It is definitely at the top of my list because I haven't gotten one of those kind of Mario games in a while, and the fact that oh, and then the hat the the fact that it turns into a platform and stuff that's so cool, like yes, please, so I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough about how excited I am. I am debating whether or not I want to look at anything else about this game because I know before it releases, we're going to get a lot of videos and directs and things. I might just skip them because it could be so cool to go into this fresh, like I did Super Mario sixty four. Uh, yeah, we didn't have the internet back then. Yeah, you, just, you know, for this kind of stuff. Right. So I think I may end up doing that uh, because it just looks uh unique. It looks totally unique and I am big on that sort of stuff in my games right now because I see so much that's just the same old same old. Let
0: me ask you guys this. Uh in a really quick quick answer. Yeah. Does do the people of New Donk City weird you out? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. Um yeah. in in a, in a sense that it's wrong or in a sense that it's just funky because well, I'll let you say. Is is it like should they work on that or is it just kind of bizarre to you? and you're fine with it though. I'll think
1: about Jamie go first.
2: Uh I think the idea, like I get it. I like it's one of the worlds that Mario visits in that game. So if you're going to a different world, the people can look however they want them to look, right? Yeah. Um so if the game if the level's supposed to be like a parody of our real world, then then that makes sense and they can like make little comments about Real world people and how we're weird and things like that. But, uh, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like you can get that same idea across while having the people look like more cartoony. I think there's potential there to have, like, original character designs or, like, parodies of actual people where they maybe have big heads or something like that. Um, but they're maybe not taking advantage of. Because, like, the other worlds, they have, like, the Piantas and, like, all these other characters that live elsewhere. This is another opportunity to have these, like, people with big noses or things like, you know, like, big ears. And they can play with, with that kind of stuff. And I would want them to... All they would have to, They don't even have to do that much work, right? They just replace what the people <laughs> look like. But, uh, I mean, it's not a game breaker or anything like that. But, um yeah, I would have liked to see them maybe look a little bit more... It doesn't like weird me out or anything. Like I don't, people were saying it's so weird. It's like, nah, I get it. It's just I don't know, they're people. There's really not that much to say about them.
0: I mean the reason I bring it up is because it's been one of the more uh controversial topics. You know, a lot of people were kind of put uh put aback by this. And to me, I, we we don't know yet exactly the context of that level, but it does seem with all the variants that this Odyssey is almost not necessarily universe breaking, but just everything is so distinctly different that I think that this is almost Mario being thrown into the real world, quote unquote. And I think that's supposed to be as weird for us as it is for him. You know, and and so I'm actually kind of excited about seeing what that's gonna be like. And I don't think it'll be that, you know, drastic of an issue or anything in, in the long run, but uh it's almost like they're intentionally supposed to look almost alien. And um I don't know, that's that's an intriguing idea that they all don't look like him or like the Piantas or something like, like you were saying. Um, I mean, you can jump on them and bounce off them and stuff like that. So I'm I'm curious to see what these animations are like. And uh, with it being Donkey Kong too, that's also another weird factor is why wouldn't it be so Donkey Kong heavy if it's New Donk City? And will we see those characters show up in some manner?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't so. know. So, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, uh, I don't know if we'll see Donkey Kong, but I was thinking... Just while you're talking about the city and the people and how they're more realistic, uh, we saw Bowser dressed up in a, as a f- fantastic outfit. Let's as just a pimp. Leave it at that. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> just uh,
2: say it. He looks like a pimp. <laughs>
1: so uh if Donkey Kong's in there, he's already got the tie, so maybe he's, you know, this big business tycoon guy. And so I could solely see him in a suit and tie instead of just the normal old Donkey Kong who's naked except for his tie. Uh, and we could see something weird there. Um, <laughs> regarding the people, I'll just say my opinion has switched five times since you guys have been talking. <laughs> Originally, I was going to say, yes, it looks wrong. Then when Jamie's talking about, you know, making it a little more, uh, stylized or whatever. I, I think I kind of want it to be wrong because it fits so much with the misfit of everything else that we've seen about that game. Like he doesn't belong in half of these worlds. It seems like so to have him just not fit, I think it kind of, it kind of works in a Mm -hmm. way. So I don't know, like I don't think I'm going to care that much when I'm playing to be honest, but seeing it now, I'm kind of glad it's wrong because it shows me that, they're not afraid to just, again, try weird, weird stuff. Like, they just don't fit. And it bugs me, and I think I like that it bugs me. So, anyway, that's my thought that. Well, that that.
2: could go with the theme of the game, too, because it's like, if it's not just Odyssey, like, in name only, you think about, like, the original Odyssey, maybe Mario's trying to, like, make his way home or something like that. So every place he visits is probably intentionally supposed to really get as far away from, like, Mushroom Kingdom stuff as they can. Because if you look at, like, 3D Land, 3D World... 3D World, they go to, what, the, the Sprixie Kingdom or something like that. And it was really mm-hmm. different in name only. Like, it, it was it was the same thing, like, visually and thematically and stuff. So they're stretching their legs more. Like, okay, we've done the same fire levels and grass level Like, for so long now, like... They have to, they feel like they have to do something way more different. So I think that's what's really one of the really cool things about it.
0: Well, they don't have to create like worlds that they string along with the same theme either. They just kind of create one big diorama, one playground, and then they just kind of put a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah. Doing it this Mario 64 style instead of trying to get like world seven and make sure that it all is cohesive and but yet all different. So yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for them to branch out. And instead of Mario Sunshine, where they kind of took one theme and went with it and just made variants on it, yeah, now they're just saying, well, whatever the hell we want to do, we're going to do. And that uh, will feel awkward, but I think it could pay off in the end.
1: And if we never see them again, like if Mario never goes to whatever this world is, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with him just trying it once and seeing what happens. You know, this doesn't have to be a, let's put this in the canon. Like, no, sure, let him just go crazy for one game and then we'll go back to whatever it is.
0: That's a good point because some people are speculating like that Sphinx that you, Mario's riding is very reminiscent of Super Mario Land Sphinx, and that could be coincidence or whatever. Who knows? But uh, we also saw Turnip Picking, I believe, um, which is from Mario Brothers 2. Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, that's a game where just everything makes no sense. You know, All the stages are so different. And so I'm wondering if this Mario is channeling a lot of different things from different Mario games. And just like Mario Land Two, it really is intended just to be like the one time we're just gonna go balls to the wall craziness, and, uh, and with, with, without looking back, without trying to build it into yeah, yeah, like a canon or you know make sure that this kingdom makes sense next to this kingdom, yeah. and um, and it, maybe it's all Bowser's dream. I mean, he's got Peach and he's all <laughs> pimped out. I mean, who knows? Yeah, he wants to. But this this feels sorry. Like, why couldn't Wart show up here? I mean, I'm that serious about that. Like a lot of things could surprise us. And actually, that's what excites me the most about this, this game right now is, uh, I guess the second most important thing to me is that it's just a free roaming Mario 64 style
1: playground. But then beyond
0: that is just how much surprise could be built
1: in here. And yeah. one thing that sprung to my mind while you're talking about that is one of the things that people complained, I guess, most about, uh, color splash was that we didn't get the thousand year door weird stuff. You know, we didn't have the, the, Goomba who's a girl and has a ponytail and things Like that we had all these generic toads and I mean there were some really fun toads in there but uh, This seems to be like Like going in that vein you know They're just they're just not Resting on their laurels they're like Okay you know let's try this And then if you never see that character again It's cool so I don't know It might spoil Mario for all of us Because now everybody wants Thousand year door stuff in paper Mario And so we'll see Well, I think. Or it could reset everything.
2: Like when you say that, that like makes me think that when I look at 3D land and 3D world, like they're really good games, but they take so much from the older Mario games in terms of like enemies and worlds and things like that. And they don't feel like they have as much of like their own like unique identity, I guess, as like galaxy. Like when you think of galaxy, like a specific image pops in your head or when you think of Mario Sunshine, like a specific picture pops in your head. And like with this, I feel like they're trying to make sure that this game is like, oh man, remember Mario Odyssey and like this and this and this happened that are like so unique to this game. And that's what's really exciting. You don't know what's around the next corner. Everything is a surprise. And that's what you got out of like Galaxy and Galaxy 2. It's like every world. Could be something different. That's why he like kept playing. He's like, I'll just play for five more minutes just to see like what crazy thing was going to happen next. So like that's really, really exciting to like, we just
0: don't know what to expect. So it's that, but unchained from the theme of the galaxy. Well, even that didn't really
2: have a theme. That was like totally an excuse for them to kind of do whatever they wanted to. Like if every world is like a, but yeah, they're, they're not adhering to like the gravity stuff or, or things like that.
0: Yeah, and most stages had you know the stars that you'd fly through the air to go to different parts of it, and um, there was a lot of a lot of meteorite type things where you have these little tiny planets, and now they can they could even do an Odyssey level like that if they wanted to. True, and then uh, that'll just be that. And then they can move on.
2: I have I have one more thing to say, which is I don't even know if a lot of people know this because if you just watched the the original presentation, uh, like on all the streams, I think everything looked pretty compressed everything was running at like 30 frames per second but if you go on to the YouTube, Nintendo's YouTube and watch the actual trailer on YouTube it looks like way 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 better cuz it's all like high def whatever but it's also running at 60 frames per second which i think sunshine was originally supposed to run at 60 but then like they they dialed it back so it didn't look as smooth but it looks like buttery buttery smooth so if you haven't watched that and you want to like see what it's like really looking like, you should you should definitely check that out.
0: All right, we'll wait while the
1: listeners do that. <laughs> okay. And uh, while you're over there, no, I check won't check out snipper clips. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> but there is a video that uh, has the move set Mario's move set, and so not everybody's seen that either. So check out, uh, go go search for that. It's just uh, you know somebody running Mario through the paces and showing off the long jump and. Uh, you know, backflip and all that stuff. And so you'll get a good idea of how it controls. And I was really happy when I found that video.
2: So
0: do you guys have any other final thoughts on Mario? Uh, there's not too much more we can speculate on until we, uh, we see more, but you know, favorite, uh, maybe your favorite world you saw or favorite aspect.
1: No. I, I can't could narrow it down to one. No. I don't know, him,
2: him <laughs> just like seeing that they can do that like diving animation when he like jumps in the water and that kind of stuff. Uh, I thought the swimming in, in 3D world was kind of terrible. So it's, I don't know, I just, it just, uh, you know, you want to see what's around the next corner, which is another thing you don't get pretty much out of like a, th- a multi, multiplayer Mario game. Cause like they can't, like zoom the camera in or anything, but this is like, you really just want to go around the corner or over the hill and see what's coming up next, so when when I see him, like, jumping in the water, it's like, oh my god, I want to go down into the water, see what's there, there's just like, you know, it looks like a good adventure to go on, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Well the last thing I'll say then is uh, I just really hope you can do the belly slide where you just constantly are you just keep sliding on your belly and hopping and stuff like that. I think I saw you guys that. remember that from Morsky? Well you did, huh? Okay.
2: I, I know you can like roll around like a ball, which is weird.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe that you know took its place or something. I don't know. But looks good. Well yeah, so uh I think there's mutual hype going on here and um and yeah, I guess, you know, I hope that the podcast has a lot more impressions and discussions as we learn more, but uh, like JK said, I don't know how much of this I really want to spoil for myself. So, all right, well, hey, you know, let's uh, let's use our last little bit of time here to talk about one final game, and uh, it's the game that is most uh, vastly coming up or quickly coming up, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, open your eyes, open your ears, everybody, It's it's almost here and um i've like i've said my piece on the show before so I, I don't want to talk too much about it i want to throw it to you guys uh jk
1: it looks good um <laughs> i uh you know if you're around negative world at all you know i'm not a huge zelda guy in general but um and wind waker is my favorite so that kind of will put me into the box that you want to put me in but I will say that this is definitely the most excited I think I've ever been about a Zelda game, including Wind Waker, um, just in terms of scope and style and just, uh, I just it looks really amazing and I cannot wait to explore the world. I feel like Zelda has a little bit of exploration to it in a, in a way, but it kind of feels a little if we go back to the Xenoblade thing, it kind of feels like the Bionis knee thing where yeah, there's some room to run around, but maybe it's a little more linear than you think. And this Elda seems like uh, it's just you're gonna get to wander around and and poke in some nooks and crannies and find stuff. And I'm really looking forward to that aspect of it. I think that that's that's probably why I'm most excited about it. And yeah, you know, I'm sure it'll have a cool story and there will be neat bosses and things. But I'm really I just want to run around. <laughs> Well, that's probably my biggest fear
0: and hope for this game is that it doesn't have like a the same problem Skyward Sword did, where when you're up in the sky, there's really not a lot going on. I want it to be more like Wind Waker, but probably, you know, tenfold. But where Wind Waker had, every square had at least some sort of island that had something going on in it. So you had, you know, a lot of exploration to do. But like you say, now that, you know, the game will show you a big old mountainside and say, well, I dare you to climb it. And you can. Uh, there's so much potential for these little nooks and crannies that could have potentially cool stuff or uh, meaningful things. Uh, that you don't need to just get the get to the one peak of another mountain and fly over with your little glider, but you can just you can do that, or you can climb up from the west, you can climb up from the east, you can come down from the top. I mean, the the possibilities are endless, and I, I foresee myself spending just so many hours in this game, just finding different ways to do maybe even the same thing, and having it feel fresh every time.
1: Yeah. Jamie,
2: uh, I don't. I don't even know what to say that hasn't been said already because it's like everyone's talked so much about it, and it's it looks. I think at the core, the the biggest thing, one of the biggest things, is that it just like looks like it's fun to do nothing in that game, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, and that's I think when you go back to the original Zelda and A Link to the Past, and like maybe even Link's Awakening. Like, just doing nothing in those games feels good, like, because it, it never really takes you, like, that long to get from one place to another, and there's usually, like, bushes to cut, or, like, it always just feels good, like, it feels right, you couldn't imagine those controls feeling any other way, and that's kind of what I'm getting I'm seeing here, like, I, I'm sure Link, he's not gonna move like Mario, but he's way more mobile than he's ever been, so climbing over stuff is not going to be, like, a hassle anymore or, like, just getting over stupid things like fences and things like that. It's, like, you really probably have more of, like, a freedom of movement than you, than you did in the past couple games. So it's, like, feeling more like the original games than they've had, like, in a while. So that's what I'm most excited about. Um, just, like, running around and, oh, I stumbled onto this. And then I'm sure it's going to be designed in such a way that you'll stumble upon most people will probably do the first part of the game like in a certain you know route and like when we compare notes it will be like oh well i didn't do this first but like a lot of people probably are like oh yeah well the game kind of without me realizing it coaxed me to go in this direction and uh, i'm like excited to see how that kind of pans out In a way, if that makes sense. No,
0: absolutely. I mean, uh, not to cut you off if you're not finished with the thought, but when I was first playing the original Zelda, I was less than five years old. I mean, that's when I got my system. That's when I got Zelda Mario, and I I surely didn't play that much of it being that young. But um, as I got a little bit older, you know, I remember playing this game and and feeling that sense of exploration because again, there was no internet back then and and all that. You know, just the, the world was different and. This is my chance to actually, I think, have the experience I was intending to have as a kid. Yeah. But with the with the mental capacity to actually enjoy it to its fullest extent. And I really want to put my blinders on as far as the internet and, and guides or help or any, you know, even – I mean, I almost want to just – I mean, Mustache can appreciate this because I know this is how he feels about a lot of games. But just talk verbally at, at most and just say, hey, what, you know, do you have any clues about, you know, what you found over here or – could you believe that this happened and and then you know of course, when you hear me say that well, that didn't happen to me, I should go look into that and see what I can do and uh just the the social aspect of it I think will be exciting and uh but even just me as an island alone in my in my office or my living room playing this, I think is' just gonna be more magical than probably any other Zelda has been able to capture
2: going going along with that like and it's it's not it's not just that you're older and that you can kind of understand these kind of games better. But it's also like if if anyone like no matter what age they are is to play like the original Zelda for the first time uh, it some so many things in that game are are so vague and like not really explained to you at all, and like not in a great way then I mean, like kind of like an archaic this is how games used to be made kind of way, and they kind of expected that you would maybe have Nintendo Power or you would have some sort of like hint or i mean the, the game came with a map so. Um, it's not just that you're older, but I think now they can have that kind of design in the game with like more modern design sensibilities where, you know, you don't have to have a guide or a map to kind of let you know that, yeah, you have to walk up through this mountain five times to get to level five, or you have to burn this exact bush or play the flute to get, you know, like, there's so many things you go back to, it's like, I know in the original Zelda, just because I played it, like, a thousand times, because I used to have guides and stuff, so it's like, I know everything in that game, and I don't know how I know that stuff. It's just, like, you know it, and the game never tells you that, so it's gonna be so cool if they can capture, like, that hands-off feel, but without, like, making you having to, like, Google, like, how do I get to level three or something like that, so... If you can do a lot of the game without really needing, like, an outside intervention of, like, help, then that's going to be... That's, like, that's good design for games right there. Because that's so far away from what they did with Skyward Sword, where it's like, hey, by the way, there's a 90% chance that if you step forward, you're going to be walking forward. Or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you don't have to... You get it. This is where I'm, quote, This is where quote, I'm quote, supposed quote. to go. Like, I don't want to be told where to go. Just, like, let me adventure on my own
0: and i'll figure it out it's funny you complain about that it's a legit complaint and it did happen to skyward sword but they intended for skyward sword to feel like the world was the dungeon you know what i mean yeah absolutely. i remember them advertising that and it really didn't pan out in the same way that they hoped but this game seems to really be making that happen because uh, one of the one of the key features as far as navigation is you can pretty much look look anywhere you want in the world if you're high up on a mountain that that gives you a better vantage point but there's this beeline, almost like you shoot a laser beam from Link, and you can put a little beacon. So you can you can get high up, kind of see like you would even if they were naturally lost in the woods or something. And you look around, you see what you think you want to go to, you set a little marker on your map and, and that's how you would do it, and then you just find your way to get there. And you don't know what you're gonna come across, enemy wise or uh, you know, landscape wise, and then you have to find a way to around this stuff. And you have the freedom to do it. So that's, like, it's incredibly exciting
1: just from the exploration standpoint. It's never been like this before. Yeah. Remind me to go hiking with you because I've never shot a laser beacon in order to get myself unlost. But I'm going to have to try that next <laughs> <Yeah. time. laughs> absolutely. It's like some real, like, Arkham City stuff
2: going on. You're, like, putting the bat signal up in a certain part of the map and making sure you can, like, figure out where to go. But, like... Have they even confirmed, and this is a dumb maybe a dumb question, that there's even like traditional like dungeons in the game, or is are they being replaced by these shrines? Because we still haven't seen like I don't even want to ask or know. I just I, like I just want to play the game already. It's taking too long.
0: Okay. I I well I don't know this for sure. And I I don't know if I should or if they just have been vague about it, but from what I understand there are gonna be traditional dungeons to a point. It sounds like there might be only be like a handful, kind of like Majora's Mask. Yeah. Uh, but because of the fact that there are like at least 100 plus shrines, or no, maybe there's exactly 100 or something. And these shrines, some of them are small and quick. Some of them are very elaborate. And so they're trying to do away with the idea of this concept of having your seven dungeons yeah. and each is linked to a medallion and stuff like that. And now it is just kind of like, maybe you need those four dungeons to finally get to uh, to, to get what you need to finish the game. But um, the order you do them in, and you know how many shrines you get, really just changes just how your end game is. But uh, but they're not all required or anything. And in fact, they've even said, didn't they say that you could, when when the game starts up, you can go fight Ganon right away or whatever. Going to I'm gonna do uh, that. It's
2: Calamity Ganon. thank you. No, yes. Calamity
0: Jane. Oh my bad. Uh, but apparently you can just go somehow go find them if you know where to go and and fight and that's, try to beat the game that way. That's
2: interesting. That's really that's fine, interesting. Yeah.
1: That's my new goal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the game. I'm just gonna go and start (laughs) fighting Ganon.
2: (laughs) I'm Link. I'm naked, and I just got out of this giant egg, so ready to go. But yeah, that's that's really interesting. Like maybe the final boss is like under your nose the whole time, and only by someone telling you something. I don't know.
0: I'm so excited. Maybe he's just still sleeping, and he's just fighting his own consciousness. But uh, yeah, I mean, all these. I guess the big theme I want to say here, and, and I'm kind of done talking about Zelda at this point, so um, you know you guys can give your final thoughts too, but in general with, with uh, I guess, the way Mario's looking, Zelda's looking, all these other games, so much of what Nintendo's doing right now seems to be just kind of surprising and unknown, and I think they're doing a great job at just keeping the excitement up from what they're showing, and I think we're going to get some really unique experiences on Switch. Whether or not the system is a failure you know, on the market or whatever who knows, but I think right now Nintendo's trying to cultivate some some experiences that get talked about uh more so than the traditional oh, this was nicer looking Mario Kart or you know uh, those kinds of discussions
1: yeah, I agree. I have been a Nintendo fan my whole life, and uh you know when I was younger and in high school and something new was announced everybody would talk about it that I knew and it was cool and everything and then we got older as people seem to do for some reason and so when I talk about systems especially the Wii U before it came out it was just like oh that's that's interesting and and then we move on but with the switch there seems to have literally taken the turn backwards to uh I, I mentioned something and they're like yeah I saw that and did you see this and so I have friends now that I, I didn't even really know were gamers because I met them during that period of time when, uh, we, you know, it was just kind of a lull and they're like, I can't wait for that. And so I'm, I'm really excited that it's sparked some of that imagination back in people, uh, myself included. But again, I've been there the whole time. Um, so to see that in others, it's just, it's really exciting. You know, maybe I'm in the bubble. Yeah. And yeah, well, if I am, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a, <laughs>
0: at least it's a bubble that's not going to hurt people. But exactly. Uh, I really do, you know, I don't know how the others, you know, competitors, Sony and Microsoft, what they do and how, how their fans who are dedicated to them, um, even if they own Nintendo, but you know, everyone's kind of got their, most people have a primary focus, you know, their, their first console, then their secondary console. And, um, I'm, I'm just so content being a, a Nintendo first kind of guy. And uh, and for the things that you're saying and, and the way that I'm feeling, I get so much gratification out of this. And as much as I want Nintendo to have third-party games and to succeed, and I want to have all my options and everything, I know that in the end, I'll be satisfied with games like these. As long as Nintendo keeps doing what what they do best, I think uh, I have all the hope in the world for, uh, for them and, and future systems and all that stuff. No matter how critical I might get on some things or, or might not get, you know? So bubble think hmm. i guess is who i am i don't know but if if it bursts i'll admit it but uh but i feel good about the money i spend with nintendo and really that's to me that's when a corporation's being successful i think
1: yeah and and regarding the bubble thing i think it's so fitting what you said it's not hurting anybody to it's it's totally fine to live in a little nintendo bubble every once in a while you don't have to do it all the time you know but you know to go around popping other people's bubbles seems kind of weird now that i realize there's no harm in it (laughs) Uh, um you tell the truth and then just go enjoy so i think video games are are all about that fun
0: i'd say that the farther away from being in nintendo as the president that you are the more it's okay to be in the bubble of nintendo because of the people who are in nintendo they shouldn't be in their own bubble because then they're going to be ignorant to certain things and changes and all that stuff but if you are just a, a typical fan, it's okay just to love Nintendo and just be, be happy with it, you know, and not not be overly critical. <coughs> I don't have to be so pissed that there's a fucking frame drop in Breath of the Wild. Like, God forbid, just, you know, I'm not, I don't know, it's just, it's not a big deal. Okay, I'll get over it. And I, I really wish some people would really take that approach or try to take even just a sliver of that approach. But, uh but you know what? Again, that's their thing, whatever. As long as they're not uh, stopping me from enjoying Nintendo, I'm okay with it. Jamie, any final thoughts on Zelda or uh, Nintendo Bubbles?
2: Yeah, I guess I, I talk I could talk more about Zelda than I thought, but uh, I would say I love my Wii U and play it all the time. But I didn't get it at launch. I remember thinking I was like New Super Mario Brothers. Like I wasn't that excited for it. Thought it was a little too expensive for just being able to play New Super Mario Brothers. And I I, th- I wound up getting it a couple months later. Um, but I, I with Switch. So far, I've been, like, really on board with it, and I'm, like, probably haven't been this excited for, like, a Nintendo console in a long time, especially, you know, people saying Nintendo's going to be a flop, blah, 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 but it's, like, if you compare, like, just the libraries already that we have, I feel like Switch blows it out of the water, which kind of makes sense, because Nintendo kind of took a bath on Wii U, and, like, I mean, basically, they haven't been... Producing much, so sure, they probably build up a lot of stuff to just like, you know, get out there in the first year. But it's, it's like, if you, it took a year, I think, for 3D World to come out on Wii U. And that was like its first, probably really, really big game. And I think it took Mario Kart something like 14 months or maybe like a year and a half before that came out. But like mm-hmm. already, if they get Mario out for holiday, you'll have Zelda, Mario, Splatoon, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Snipper Clips, right? Yeah, JK, there you go. Um, potential whenever Xenoblade's gonna come. Like if it's if it's even all if it's about, in
1: Japan. Yeah.
2: If it's all about exclusives, then there's like probably four or five games that I'm like super excited about just in that launch window that I know are exclusive and. You know, you can only get them on Switch. And, you know, if I can add a game like Sonic Mania or something like that to the library and make it like a home for, for those kind of games, then I'm super excited for it. And uh, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people probably feel that way where maybe they didn't either didn't get Wii U or they didn't get it at launch, but are probably more interested in getting Switch at launch. And if it's probably just about games. Mostly. Always seems
1: to come back to
0: the games. It
2: all comes down to the games, basically.
0: And I think that's Nintendo's first and foremost uh, mentality. And uh, whether it it hurts them sometimes or not, you know. So, okay. uh, I think, unless there's anything else you guys want to add, we can probably wrap this up. Sounds good. We we had a good length here, and um, it was a good odyssey this episode. And... uh, I, I really hope that you guys uh, you know, come back sometime soon and, and talk on the show. I appreciate your uh, your
1: time today. Oh, thanks for having us.
2: Hey, and we made it this whole time without uh, snapping our fingers and switching to another topic. I'll start can we, over. Can we do that in post? We can do that in post, right? Just.
0: I, I think the listeners have heard that I've already done that. Great. Oh, That's right. fantastic. <laughs> Or now I just signed my uh, my contract with myself. it's true. But um, yeah, so hey, uh, cheers to a lot of you know a lot more Nintendo fun and Nintendo chats and things like that. And uh, thanks for your time. Thanks everyone listening out there. We really appreciate it, genuinely. Um, Joe, we missed you. Uh, we'll get you back on the next one once uh, once you know you're done uh, with all your stuff you got going on. And uh, yeah, just keep on playing. Just keep gaming. Have fun. Enjoy your weekend. Yep. Thanks. See ya. See you guys.
1: But since we're still recording and no one else is here, let me just advise everyone that you should go watch The Treehouse for Snipper Clips.
2: That's right, it's Snipper Clips, Scissor Your Friends Edition. I mean, don't, don't do that.